This is copy. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to this week's episode of South Burbs Hitmen. I'm your host, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined by my White Sox brother in arms. I'm talking about Steven Zim Zimmerman and Vinny Parisi. What's going on, man? What's up, guy? Is that Foster? What the hell Why is Foster? Hey, 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 wait, wait. You guys got the wrong time, the wrong day, and the wrong network, man. Oh, I leave shit. town for two days and you're like taking over the network? <laughs> Will you please leave? You're in the wrong show. Damn it. Sorry. Oh, yeah. man, Let's get this shit off. Bears country. Where is it? That would be CP. That would be CP. That would be CP. That would be CP. You know what CP? That would be CP. You know what CP? I don't know who these who these guys think they are trying to hijack this show, guys. But if they were doing it correctly, they'd be doing a BCT dance with us. They try oh. that every week. But I, how did you guys even get into this, man? I, I I go to I go to get on the show and I look and I'm not even there and you guys are there. What the hell? This <laughs> perseverance, Foster. Perseverance. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't leave Dan at the controls of anything, and I leave town for two days. You know, it's not even Monday night, guys. It's I Thursday. So it's, instead of talking baseball, we need to talk some damn football. Yeah, we are not talking. We're not talking baseball tonight, guys. This is a Bears broadcast. I don't know what you're thinking. Coming on, trying to hijack our show with f- baseball stuff, but the football season. Hey, Dan, right. should we? Should we let them stick around and talk some football, or should we throw them off the air? Yeah. You guys want to talk some football with us? Please. And anything to not talk baseball, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm kidding. These guys are awesome. I love them. Let's talk some bears. Guys, let's welcome Steve Zim- Zimmerman, Joe Mandel, and Vinny Parisi from the South Burbs Hitmen onto the show tonight from the Barroom Network. We appreciate welcome, you guys, guys coming on. That was fun. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank you for having us. It's our yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having us. For anybody that missed that opener, you have to go back and make sure that you watch that because that was epic. That was funny. And for the record, we did not practice that at all. It was just all off the cuff. Yes, it was. That was hilarious. I've been practicing it for two hours while I'm driving on 65 home from Indianapolis. Yeah. Foster's just did his... Foster's just in his car smoking a dark going, fuck you, Vinny. F you, Joe, you idiot. <laughs> Sam, I hate you. Get the hell off my screen. Guys, thanks for coming oh, on the show. Let's 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 uh, welcome in our chat. We got Mr. Mayhem, Demon1599, Steve S. Doug Van Dorn, Cliff Victoria, Mark Kazak, PJ. What's up, chat? That name sounds familiar. 
Yeah, that PJ guy is always everywhere. I'm telling you. <laughs> Stephen Z, what's up? Stephen Z saying White Sox suck. Oh, that's that's Stephen Zimmerman. Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah, see, just uh, Joe Mandel in there. I don't know about that guy. I don't know. Some weird. I, I keep my eye on him. So all three of you are Sox fans. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. That. Well, I. I went to a Rockies game the other day, and that was actually way better than most of the Sox games I've watched this season. So maybe not for long. <laughs> okay. Damn. Well, it helps that they were playing the Diamondbacks. <laughs> Honestly, the defense in that game was way better than I expected for being the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. It was it was fun to watch. Arizona Diamondbacks, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. I'm no, not much of a baseball fan, so I apologize. <laughs> no, we didn't, Steve. No, no, we didn't. Yeah, Steve S says enjoy the walk. Enjoy the walk off last night. <laughs> That's a big no. Oh, no that was unbelievable. I actually saw it. Well, guys, we're not I here. Got to into talk the room. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, let's Thank not God. talk baseball. So let's talk Bears. All right. Preseason. That I can get behind. Game one, you guys. Must be so sick of tired, sick and tired of talking about the socks. So let's hear it. Let's just go around the horn. Like, I, in fact, PJ, you have to kind of interrogate these guys first. So just make it quick. Make it quick, though. Yeah, make All it right. quick. You got the right to remain silent. Anything? <laughs> Not again. Nope. <laughs> You're right. Bye. All right, real quick, guys. Uh, give us a brief story on how you became a Bears fan. Starting with you, uh, Zim, working clockwise. Sure. So uh, for anybody who doesn't know out there, doesn't listen to South Burbs Hitmen, probably not many people this season considering the state of the White Sox, but I live in the uh, Denver area. Uh, families from the Chicagoland area. We uh, lived in Des Plaines until I was about five-ish. Moved out here, been here ever since. Uh, but my mom actually uh, opened up a beef joint out here, a hot dog and beef joint. So I've still grown up in the culture of, you know, Chicago, Chicago natives, Chicago sports um been a diehard bears fan since i i mean since i started paying attention to football it was i want to say either a christmas day or a new year's eve game against the packers uh during the uh grossman orton years before before the super bowl so mm. somewhere in that area probably 0405 somewhere in there um but yeah just growing up watching them been diehard diehard for probably seven ish years now you know watching all all of everything i can get my hands on back uh back when i got into the podcast days with all this it was still the bears bros and bears bar room and and all that kind of stuff Th things that are long since defunct so mm -hmm. i've been around the podcast scene for a while it's always fun to come on these things and talk bears i grew up i i, sh I should say i lived in the denver area for about four years uh longmont you know you, i'm sure you know where yes. that is yep so is is that beef place you're talking about in Boulder? No, no, it's uh, it's down. Uh, if, if you're familiar with Denver area, you should know Casa Bonita. It's oh yeah, in that neighborhood. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Right down I the love, street from uh, the Broncos Stadium, actually. Yeah. Okay. I miss living there. Atlanta, Atlanta area sucks. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Colorado's great if you make like half a mil a year. Well, yeah. If, yeah. Exactly. It wasn't that that way though years ago. No, it wasn't. I uh, I unfortunately grew up at the wrong time. Yeah. Well, we got we got all that podcast money, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> so, Joe, I think we know your story about your your Bears love. 
right? Do you want to recap it real quick? I'll, I'll do a quick. Uh, born and raised in Chicagoland area. You know, just grew up Enough loving said. football. Vinny, what's your story? <laughs> Joe, I'm just kidding, Joe. Punch, you're you're more than welcome to Joe. Fine. You're, you're more than welcome to punch nah, him if you want to. It's all right. Zim, Zim went too long on his story. Mine can go 10 seconds. It's I'm fine. kidding, Joe. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Born and raised in Chicago area. I was kidding with you. Born, it's all good. Born and raised in Chicagoland area. Just grew up loving football. And uh, as I was hitting the perfect age for football is when the Bears were in the Super Bowl. Devin Hester ran the kickback and the rest was history. I've been a Bear fan ever since and just love football and fantasy football so much that I do a fantasy football show on the Barroom Network. So that's coming yeah. up too. I'll pimp it later. There you go. <laughs> yeah, please do. Thank God for that 2006 team to keep the next era of fans going, right? Because there's a lot of people we talk to that that's the, t- you know, we, for us, it's 80, 85 team or, you know, Foster and PJ, they, they go back to the Hallis years. Mm-hmm. in the beginning when they first started the team. But, uh, you know, for for the next generation of us, it was like the 85 Bears, and you're seeing all these youngsters that are – that the 26 team was was what did it for them because this is going to be the next era of team in this this team that we have right now is going to be the next generation's favorite team, Justin Fields, blah, blah, blah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm done with my story. Vinny, go ahead. Yeah, so you speak about that generation of kids who watch the 06 team. You're looking at them. Um, so I played t-ball when I was a kid, and I played baseball all the way through high school. And so baseball was always like that sport I gravitated he's, to the most. He's lying. He played t-ball all the way through high school. Yeah, we hit off a tee when I was <laughs> when I was 18 years old. We were still hitting off tees. Um, I, I wish. That was fun, and I probably would have been an even better hitter. But um, I, So I loved baseball. And even as a little kid, we went to Crosstown games because I, I went to the series. I was like three or four years old. It was the first Crosstown series between the White Sox and the Cubs in the regular season. And I was there at three years old. And so I was I fell in love with baseball forever. And when the White Sox won the World Series in 2005, I was like, this is awesome. What, what else is out there? Feed me more sports. And my dad was like, well, why don't you watch football? And so week one came around. We ordered some chicken wings. I'll never forget. I'm probably like 12 years old at the time. We got chicken wings back when KFC had like really good like chicken wings that were sauced. Like they don't really make them like that anymore at KFC. Um, And we got those. I'll never forget. And the Bears were playing Green Bay in week one. And they killed them like 40 to nothing. Mushin Muhammad had like the touchdown reception to like start the game. And he put the ball through his legs. Like I'll never forget that. And they ended up killing them. They go 13-3 and three and make it to the Super Bowl. So I'm like, okay, my life as a Chicago sports fan is going to be awesome. These teams never <laughs> stopped making it to championships. And yeah. then I quickly learned that that was not going to be the case. The Bears have, like, two playoff wins since then. And the White Sox also have two playoff wins since then, two playoff appearances, or three playoff appearances since then. Um, I'm not a Blackhawks fan, so I don't get any – I take no credit for – the dynasty in the early 2010s and the bulls by the time Jordan left, I was like two and a half. So it's one of those things. Like I just have always loved the bears. They've kind of, kind of gravitated towards football. I think it's a great game. Um, and along with hockey and baseball, those three sports have just kind of been like my main, you know, interest outside of my family for as long as I can remember. Cool. 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 It's great that that 2016 just, 
uh, propelled another generation of fans. Yeah, because Rex Grossman kind of sucked, right? It was well, like and now, by the defense, like, and they were just such a legendary team in town. Now yeah. we all get to witness what you guys have lived with for the past however many years. You know, a whole new generation of hate to say it, guys, but a whole new generation of losers out here. Sure. <laughs> we're now, not wait. losers. We're lovable Mark, losers. Mark it down now. I'm telling you, we're going to be in the Super Bowl in 2027. Wow. Due for a change, guys. We're due for a change. That far, that far off, dude? I don't have well, – do we have that much time left? I'm looking at 85, 21 years later, 2006, 21 years later. Tell me. 2027 minus four. <laughs> you, you can oh, go right. back even. Six, 60, 63 to 85, 22 years. See? Yeah. Oh, so we're narrowing it down. It should actually be 20 years then. It went 22, 21, 20, right? <laughs> no, it was yeah. math yeah. hard. That's like, yeah, okay. That was pretty good. I like Justin Fields, MVP this year, Bears Super Bowl win. Off of an off of an eleven and six record. How about that? Why the hell not? King Homer. Um <laughs> I'll, do the, I'll do the show with you guys naked if that happens. Don't yeah. say that, Ben. <laughs> Oh, that, that's I wholeheartedly mean, uh, mean it. Stop, please. We only, <laughs> we only see you from the neck up. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. It'd be really tight. Right. You might a diaper. not even be wearing pants right now. Who knows? I'm <laughs> very much not. I, I need to go back on Swifty's show because I wrote before last season, like after the draft. It, it might have been later in the year. I got to find it. I, I literally wrote. Swifty, if the Bears get the first pick in the draft and are the worst team in the NFL, I will come on your show live and take a poop. <laughs> and I reminded of him that after the season ended, and he ignored me for like two and a half weeks. Smart man. <laughs> Smart I man. didn't want to do man. it either, but I told him I would, man. <laughs> Thank God he did nothing happened. <laughs> I mean, Quaker Coker, uh, welcome to the show. That's a, that's a new uh, – a new chat member we've seen. That's the first time seeing of Creature Culture. It's got a lot of good stuff to say here tonight. Swifty's joining us. What's up, buddy? Sorry to interrupt you guys. I just had to inter interact with chat there for a second. Yeah, he's uh, making videos. Thank Thankfully. Yeah, Foster. I mean, uh, Swifty said, yeah, that's not happening there, Foster. <laughs> <laughs> Too late, man. We're into the next season anyway. <laughs> Once the draft starts, all bets are off. That's true. So, so like you guys haven't, you know, just the amount of years we've gone without a quarterback to finally have Justin Fields in our pocket. For so many people, just feels like I'll be honest. I was a fan of Rex Grossman when they drafted him because I was like, wow, they finally took a chance on a quarterback. Then he got he had a couple of good games, got injured, had a couple of good games, got injured, and. Then he comes out on fire in 2006, and he was actually in talk of being the MVP of the league through like the first six games or something. Then the Arizona games hat Arizona game happens. He, now he has small hands, that mm -hmm. affects him. So it gets into you know years later we go through the Cutler era. We thought we had something there. Justin Fields. Now we have Justin Fields. So uh, I, I'm just I'm the Homer and me. And PJ, you have added to my homerism with your homerism. Well, thank you. Just gets me excited for 
the possibility like there's always a different quarterback every year that that everyone's talking about why can't it be justin fields yeah Zim, what do you Zim, what do you think of Justin Fields? What, what's your impressions of Justin Fields so far? I love the guy. I bought his jersey on draft night. Um, I have wow, impressive. And, yeah, I have been in that uh, bandwagon for as long as you could be, uh, as a Bears fan at least. Uh, he was the guy I wanted coming out of college. I, I've I've loved everything I've seen from him. Um, in college, he was exactly what I thought the Bears needed. Um, and as a reference yeah. point. That's great. As a reference point, uh, I had high, high hopes for Russell Wilson coming out of college. I was a Seattle Seahawks fan simply because of Russell Wilson. So to see Justin Fields come out, he, to me, is the guy that compared most closely to him over all of these years. Um, I, I mean, you can make a case for a few of these other guys, but just between the size and his ability to make the throw rather than just the running play. You know, th that's something that, you know, Cam Newton was the runner. Michael Vick was the runner. Lamar Jackson is the runner. Uh, whereas Ben Roethlisberger was the improviser. Russell Wilson was the improviser. You know, the guys who they might run, they might not. They got the speed to take it on you, but they also got the arm to launch it on you. Right. You know, and that's something that as great as Vick was and had oh. the ability to do, he never built his game around that. And that's something that like that makes Michael or that makes Justin Fields to me potentially better than Michael Vick in the end. Um, and that's what I want to see from him. I want to see a guy who's got the ability to do what Michael Vick did to the, the Vikings on Monday Night Football all those years ago in overtime, but also be able to do what Ben Roethlisberger did in his Super Bowl victories, where he was able to sit in that pocket, avoid the pressure and actually make deep, accurate throws. I'm all over the guy. I love him. Real quick, a uh, follow-up. So when the Bears was uh, talking about maybe possibly trading for Wilson before we drafted Fields, were you on that bandwagon? Oh, I was so on board for that. Even though it probably would have been the worst idea. He's like, he was my favorite player in the league at the time. Since coming to the Broncos, like I've lost a little favor with him. He looks Let's good ride. this year, though. He looks good. Let's hide. That's right. He looks good this year. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. And I hope I hope he has success, but like not too much success, you know. I got you. What about you, uh, Joe? Uh, I'm in expecting on fields a, or no? I'm in on fields. I'm expecting a big step forward this year. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm the fantasy guy, and I, I think he not only acts as an MVP candidate in real stats, but also in fantasy stats. This is a guy that uses his legs. He uses his arm. He's got a top tier receiver that he never had before, and now he's got all these weapons around him. Look for Justin Fields. Take that big step forward. I don't think there's any – I don't think it's like a coincidence that he went three for three in his first preseason game with two touchdowns. You're going to see a lot of those stat lines this year, and you're going to see Justin Fields becoming a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. So what do you think he needs to improve most upon? I'd say accuracy. Um he had some good accurate balls last year. He was running for his life, but accuracy outside of the pocket, um, not forcing throws because that's what you kind of saw with, with a little bit last year. Uh, and most of all, it's just being smart, knowing when to throw the ball away, um, make calling the right audible at the line of scrimmage. These are all things this team's working on, and you can kind of see they've been putting the work in. Mm -hmm. I think having a two tight end set with two really good tight ends in Komet and Tanyan is going to be a big difference maker too. True, true. 
All right, Vinny, give it to me. Yes, yeah, your name. I'm gonna be that guy. Uh oh. Oh, I am. I am not out on Justin Fields at all. I'm not even close to being out. But I'm not all the way in yet either. And I was a huge fan after Ohio State. He was brilliant, and he wasn't a running quarterback at Ohio State either. He had pocket presence in Big Ten football, and that is a great achievement. Everybody who calls him a running back, they're casuals, and they're casual NFL fans. Don't pay attention to college football in any way, shape, or form. He was a pocket passer at Ohio State, and he played well against teams like Clemson. Like, I believe he played Alabama at least once, I'm pretty sure. He was at Georgia. For some reason, they took Jake Fromm over him, and he hit the transfer portal and got the H out of there and went to Ohio State. Boosters. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm looking at him now, and I'm like, okay, we want him to hit a 4,000-yard season. No Bears quarterback ever has, right? He would have to double his career yard output up to this point in one season if he were to do that. Um, that's tough. Obviously he's five and 20 Mitch was terrible, but he won games. Um, I'm not sure that Justin Fields will have a positive record this year. I th- I'm, I'm leaning on. He will. I, I believe the bears will have a winning record wow. this year and that will make me like kind of be fully in on him. But as of right now, I do worry that it's like a lot of highlights, a lot of pretty plays, but the the cracks in between haven't been filled yet. And that's what separates, you know, I'm I'm not even going to say Patrick Mahomes. He's in a tier of his own. But Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow was elite in year one with a bad offensive line. A bad is an understatement. They were horrible. It was me, Joe and Foster on the offensive line in Cincinnati. And you know what I mean? And so. Justin Herbert, we all thought, like, what are the Chargers doing? Why would they draft him sixth overall? He comes in in an emergency start in week one that year, and he's brilliant right away. A lot of the times, these guys who have it have it right away. Right. Justin Fields had flashes right away. We need to see a little bit more than flashes, and I think 2023 is going to be big for him. The reason I started off by saying I'm 50-50 is because if I don't see it this year, uh-huh. I am going to kind of be convinced that he's probably not the long-term answer in terms of being a superstar. All right. Uh, before we get to that super chat by Steve, I got one last follow-up for you, Joe. Yeah. What do you like most about <clears throat> Justin Fields? I, I'm sorry, I like... Joe. Joe, Joe, I'm sorry. I mean, oh, you're good. My, Vinny, Vinny. Seeing as though he's the negative or the 50-50, I want to hear his positive about him. Uh, Justin. My positive about Justin is that he seems to be really smart. And I don't think he would disagree with anything I've said about him in the last five minutes as, as far as a critique. He's no fool. He knows that like the, it's kind of now or never if he's gonna if the Bears are gonna want to pick up his fifth year option and whatnot. I mean, I really can't see them taking a quarterback. Like if the Panthers are so bad and they're the worst team in the league and the Bears have the number one pick and they Justin Fields sucked. Would they use the Panthers pick on Caleb Williams? I'm not too sure. I think he's still good enough to like, you know, be a game manager type quarterback. We need him to be a superstar, and I believe he has talent to be a superstar. And so the fact that he's really smart and really talented are positives. I'll say about him. Joe brought up he went three for three this weekend against Tennessee. And people are like, oh, but most of the yards he accumulated were yards after the catch. Well, credit to Justin Fields for seeing a receiver 
in the open field. In the the open field that had the ability to go get the touchdown. Guys, the ball left his hand three times. It's literally his job. Exactly. And it hit a receiver three times. And two of those times, it went its way into the end zone. If Justin Fields' arm leads to six points for the Bears more often than it doesn't, I'm in on the guy. And so that there's my positive for you. Really, the only negatives are like, I hope he's consistent. I hope he proves for a full season that he can be an elite quarterback because that that's kind of what the Bears need him to be is an elite quarterback. That's how you get to the Super Bowl. Look at the Final Four last year. It's freaking – Outside of Purdy, I mean, Burrow, um, Trevor Lawrence is always in the mix. Patrick Mahomes played Burrow in the championship. And you got Hurts in Philly playing against the 49ers. And the 49ers are just a wagon. I'm convinced I could play quarterback there and make it to a championship Sunday. So, like, if they, if like, imagine if they hit on Trey Lance or if Purdy does come in this year and plays well, they could win the Super Bowl. But, which I thought for sure they'd go trade for Aaron Rodgers and they didn't. But that probably was them on Rodgers, too, just as much. But I'm like, I'm 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 rooting for Justin Fields. I want him to be that smart, talented player all in one. And so far in spring or I am spring training. Get the White Sox out of my head. <laughs> Preseason and training camp so far. I've I haven't hated what I've seen. Okay. Go ahead, uh, Shorty with the uh, super super chat. Steve S saying, what defensive guy for a two dollar super chat? Thank you, Steve. What defensive guy hit Fields low today? Foster. I you do not that? know. I did not see that. I, I saw a guy try to take his knee out yesterday, and they and he hit him. There was t- today. Oh shit! There was Kenny Moore. Okay, that was today. I found Grover Stewart. There was oh. there was a lot. This concrete man. They're doing over. So there was uh there were they were they got really chippy today. There was probably about six fights. And I will tell you this, because I was watching the defense, but I kept leaning over because I got it was seven on seven and the Bears scored twelve touchdowns today on seven on seven. Ooh. Not bad. Ooh, they wow. were like I think DJ Moore had three of them, man. And and two of them, it was like in four plays, I think, four or five plays. DJ Moore scored three touchdowns. You'll see it. You're going to see, you'll see the highlights. Somebody's got it. I don't have it as well as I wish, but. Well, I put together your highlight reel for the, I put together the clips that you sent me today for uh, later in the show when we hang out in the end after Alex. Because it's like a three hour clip. Or a three hour. It's a three minute clip. Three hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a three-hour clip. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's, I know a, I was that's, there a, long, but. that's implying that Foster <laughs> stayed awake for the whole practice. <laughs> the funny thing is, it's random trivia time, guys. How many years did Neil Anderson lead the Bears in rushing? A five, B six, C seven, or D eight? How many years did Neil Anderson lead the Bears in rushing? A5, B6, C7, D8. I'm, I'm going to go last. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say uh, five. I'm with you. I'm going to say five as well. That is that is my answer, too, A5. Uh, I, I got to go with B6. I feel like, I feel like there's one extra year there. 
Okay. I'm going to go six as well. I mean, I think it's A, but I'm going to guess. I don't want to be the only one. or I want to be pick one and give myself a chance to be the only one who's right. I'll go D, eight. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's hard. I, I don't even know if Matt Forte led the Bears in rushing five separate times. I don't know if I mean, Neil Anderson was even on the Bears for eight years. <laughs> very well, yeah. he, did, he did not play for another team, Zim, for what very well. worth. Okay, but so he probably know, only played what, eight years then. You know what happened with him? He he played great until was it his father that killed his mother or something? Somebody shot somebody, and his he stopped playing. Then I swear to God, if you go back and go through time, I don't remember I know that. Funny. I think it was a, so, somebody what? shot somebody, and he stopped playing. That's what happened to Plaxico Burris too. The problem was somebody was the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this. This was, I think, his father shot his. I think his father shot his girlfriend, not their mom. Ooh, I'm not sure. I don't remember, but I, I remember it happening and, and just watching him become a shell of what he was. What does, but I just uh, don't remember if that was season six, seven, eight. Don't know. Hey, well, uh, hey, uh, Shorty, what does uh, the uh, chat says about who they're guessing? So uh, Retro is saying um, 5A, PZ is saying A, 5, Demond1599 is saying 5A, Mark Kazak saying A, um, Doug Van Dorn says A, Steve S says A. So Hair what's Bear the says A. Hair Bear says A. Sorry, Hair Bear, I missed you there. What's up, Hair Bear? Thanks for joining us. AC Adam, thanks for joining us. Everybody, man. Ron Wernarski. Great to see you guys. So what's the answer, Walt? Well, I'll let you guys know. None of you got it right. What? Must we The answer is C. What? Seven. Oh, God. I was back and forth between C and D because neither nobody took either of those two. Oh, man. That's wow. surprising. That's surprising. So he was oh. with the team for eight years, and he led him in rushing for seven? That's crazy. So that'd be all but his rookie season. <sighs> He wow. barely played his rookie season. Wouldn't uh, when he's still on the team with uh, Walter Payton, his rookie season. Yeah, correct. He was playing fullback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would explain first, that. The first jersey I ever bought was a Neil Anderson, like real jersey, game jersey, and somebody stole it from me because I wanted to wear it one night. I was trying to look for it. I was like, I, I can't believe I don't have it anymore. Somebody must have stole it from me because there's no way I would get rid of it. <laughs> You got one more for us, Walt? Since we're doing trivia? Sure. Let's get one more. Khalil Mack made an instant impact on the field for the Bears after arriving from the Raiders. What didn't Mack do in his first game in Chicago? A, recover a fumble. B, record a sack. C, score a touchdown. D, lead the team in tackles. D, lead the team in tackles. D. D. Cosign D. Big old D. For, had to be Roquan Smith or something. I was going to say it wasn't Roquan because Roquan came off the bench and limited snaps because that was his rookie season. That's right. Uh, who would have led the team in tackles then? Akeem Hicks. D- DJ Will- Was DJ Williams still on the team at that point? Good question. Mm-hmm. Good question. I'm That's the real trivia Eddie question Goldman? <laughs> I, I, it probably was probably a safety. Probably uh, um, Amos. Amos. Adrian Amos. Yeah. yeah, that would be my mm-hmm. guess. Probably. 
That's a for leading game. the team in tackles that game? Yeah. We lost Foster. So what do you guys so what are you guys saying here? Everyone says D? Uh, I'm D. Yeah. Yeah. It's D. Uh, what is the uh, chat saying? Chet saying uh, AC Adams saying D. Hair Bear saying D. STC saying D. Doug Van Dorn saying D. Mark Kasek saying C. Hair Bear saying F. <laughs> I'm just I'm just wondering like did Khalil Mack lead the Bears in tackles in a game in his to attend like that's just not something right, he would have done yeah and no no disrespect to him that wasn't his job really his job right. was to exactly. pressure the quarterback I'm sure there was a game where he led the team in tackles but I mean it'd be ridiculous if there wasn't a game but Steve S is saying D should we get Guys, you know Foster just popped back in. Back Foster, in. You, have, you have an answer for us here on there? Yeah. Uh, Khalil Mack made an incident on the field for the Bears. Khalil Mack made an incident impact on the field for the Bears after arriving from the Raiders. What didn't Mack do in his first game in Chicago? A, recover a fumble. B, record a sack. C, score a touchdown. Or D, lead the team in tackles. C, score a touchdown. I think he scored a touchdown. What's the answer? Well, Foster, I, I gave you the answer to the question on the screen. It's D. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember he's got it that touchdown. I just remember so when he scored Swifty's the touchdown. He's looking him up because he's got an inside track, so he's cheating. I know it. <laughs> I was going to say, Swifty <laughs> had to have Googled that. There's no way he knew that Bryce Callahan led the team in tackles just off the top of his head. <laughs> in game one of the 2018 season against Green Bay. That they, that I they never lost. Guess that. I, no. Well, and I bet you, you know, Callahan only had eight tackles in that game. I'd be guessing four of them came on special teams. Yeah. <laughs> Did he play special teams? I'm almost positive he was their gunner after uh, what's his face? Sherrick McManus left. I definitely looked that up. He said, "What I thought Sherrick was still there at that time, though." <laughs> I think you're right, Sam. Yeah, I think Sherrick. Sher I thought Sherrick was still there. I think so. We should <laughs> see now. You got us down the Bears rabbit right. hole of this right. guy, that guy. Great. <laughs> Sherrick up, McManus was on the Bears us. at that point in time. Wow. I, yeah. I loved that game until I hated it. Right. Y'all remember y'all remember the Sherrick McManus game? It might have been that year or the year after where he popped up against the Vikings because like three other corners got hurt. He wound up playing like 10 snaps at the very end of the game and wound up with a pass breakup and interception and three tackles or something like that. It was mm -hmm. insane. Yeah. And then Sherrick, that made him like Nickelback. Sherrick and I went to the same high school. Him years later, of course, but yeah, we yeah. Went from high school. That's really? Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah. It's like you guys know yeah. who Lester Wolfong is. Of course. Sure. I went to high school, the same high school as him. Cool. Didn't we have him on South Burb Hips, South Burbs Hitman once? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, have. I thought yeah. so. Once or twice, even yeah. Walter and I are being paired up um, on the new PSF app that's being launched here. It's well, it's it's already launched, but they're it's basically a open chat rooms for every team, and you can create your own chat rooms and stuff too. But we're gonna so uh, Lester Wolfong and I, I just found out, guys, um, 
Walt, can you pull up that PSF thing? So I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, and it's a it's a mobile app called PSF that you can download to your phone, and you can go to the Bears fan uh, chat room, and Walter uh, Lester Wiltfong and I will be doing a live game cast only as fans. We're not going to break down. We're not going to be doing. Uh, you know, play by play or anything like that. But we're just going to be watching the phone or watching the Bears games on our phone as fans in this app with everybody in chat kind of talking about it. So it's this new, it's a new app on your phone. It's currently available on, on Android or, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Apple, but they're working on Android. It'll be rolled up at the time the season starts um, or the first game of the regular season. But uh, check that out. PSF. And if you want to watch Lester Wiltfong and I, <laughs> watch a game together check us out on that because it's going to be fun that's pretty cool hell yeah pretty excited about it i didn't know yeah i didn't know lester was going to be on with you for sure yeah we just found out this week yeah i found out like two days ago yeah lester's awesome man you know what that guy helps everybody i've seen him on podcast with, with like three people watching man and he's still the same professional every time man yeah, he is. He's so a we, good guy. We, we had some fun with him on this show. We had we had a lot of fun. We got, we got him uh, we got him laughing and stuff. That was that was a good time. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. that he graduated right before I became a freshman. That was that's crazy. Same high school. I know uh, Walt that's wanted why to pop in. That's he graduated early because he knew you were coming. DJ said that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Walt wanted to pop in and ask you guys a question. I'm going to pull over here for a bit so I can talk to you guys. Pop in, Walt. Yeah, DJ? Huh? I did. When did I say this? Didn't you say that in our private chat there? No, he said no. Unless I'm be misreading something. No, no, no. Yeah, you're you're My bad. My bad. My bad. I misread it. PJ's over watching um, private chat because I never look at it. So thanks for at least making me look at it. There's two chats in there. Thanks. Uh, Question off the top of my head. Um, What do you think of the edge position now after Saturday's game? We have, uh, you know, is is, would Yannick play this weekend, you think? Go ahead, Joe. I. I'm going to be honest with you. I think he's going to get some practice downs. I don't see him getting any live action this weekend. I really, I, I don't even know if he's going to get any downs. Why risk the multi-million dollar man, especially when you only got him locked up for one year? I don't think he plays a single down. In all the preseason? In all the preseason. I don't think wow. so. I, I agree. That's normally how it goes if a guy doesn't sign by the first preseason game, especially a big money player like Yannick Ngakwe. But I do I, – I like that he comes from he, – he didn't have Eberflus as a coach, I'm pretty sure. But he no. did play in the system that Eberflus left behind in Indianapolis. They didn't change after he left. And I think that is a positive on him coming to the Bears, especially since they, they kind of had room for him. Like it was kind of like a no-brainer to me. And Zim and I talked about this and Joe um, on one of our South Burps Hitman episodes when we got over talking the White Sox for the night, um, which didn't take long on most episodes. But um, yeah, five minutes. And then, hey, let's talk about Yannick and Gakwe possibly signing with the Bears. Like that was more interesting. And yeah, I think he'll open up some space. And I'm with Joe. I'll be I don't know if I'll be annoyed if he takes a couple snaps in the preseason. But I mean, 
like why at this point you're Yannick Ngakwe. You've been a great player in the NFL for a long time and you've been through some, you know, losing situations. You've been through some winning situations. Okay. Come to the bears, be healthy in week one and we'll see what you got. He was out there today, man. Yeah. Yannick was out there today, man. He was doing some things. What about you, Zim? You got anything to add to that? I got nothing to add to that. Uh, I mean, I think, I think those guys are spot on with it. That's, what, what's what's to expound on if I agree, right? Agree. Exactly. <laughs> Zim wanted Yannick and Gakwe the most out of the three of us, though. We were back. I will say. We were yeah. naming uh, Houston, Clowney. We're going through all the guys that the Bears could possibly yeah. sign. And Zim is like, must have Yannick and Gakwe. Yeah, Zim nailed it. And we were like, <laughs> you're right. Let's go. Thanks, guys. I, I was about to hurt my shoulder patting myself on the back there, so I appreciate you guys doing it for me. Oh, I'll always pat your back. Zim, I, I say it often, Zim Zim is amongst the smartest person. I, I, he probably is the smartest person at the Barroom Network. I, everything he says comes true. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. The Barroom like, Network God, is doomed. He actually, he actually put you down, Zim, because that's not too hard to do. I've, I've seen the guys on that oh. network. That's it. You put the bar on the ground. It's not hard to step over it. That's funny. Joe Joe is up Joe is up there too, except for the time he jinxed the White Sox with the Josh Naylor thing. We won't so. talk about that. We're not gonna go there. <laughs> All right, so it's brought up enough occasionally. I gotta ask this question. I just gotta ask this question. So what do you guys feel about Chase Young? Oh, you know, I think he was I think he was worthy of of, enough, of the pick. Do you think the Bears should even still go after him? Yeah, yeah, we're done with you. We're done with we're done. We're done with Chase Young. Uh, I feel like we're missing an inside joke on the podcast. These guys that must have gone back and forth yeah. Chase Young oh, yeah. for hours and hours and hours. We pull PJ all the time for shit. That's funny. <laughs> well, Chase Young, I I was kind of in on trading for him at one point. But now that they got Ngakwe and their team is kind of set, we're about to have game two of the preseason. I'm sitting here like, do you really want to give up an asset for Chase Young with two weeks to go before the NFL season kicks off? Probably not. I don't think he is set up. Like if it were June or mid-July, I'd probably be a little – like I was kind of into it. But they got Ngakwe. The defense has some young pieces. It's going to be mostly reliant on the offense this year anyway. Um, we'll see what Fields' next contract looks like. So if you have Chase Young there, that changes things. So, like, yeah, I'm kind of – I'm feeling good about the group they have. Obviously, there's going to be some cuts made in the, the coming days and coming week. But um, I think – I would roll with what they have as of right now. They are definitely not yeah. the team that finished with the worst record last year. Before the Ngakwe signing, I would have entertained a, a Chase Young trade, but in the end, there's a reason a guy like that is available, especially when he's this young. Um, and I know that you know there's a little bit of a logjam on the defensive line in Washington, but all the same, I feel like there's baggage that comes along with Chase Young that you – didn't get with Yannick Ngakwe or at the very least that you can cut ties with at the end of a year. Whereas Chase Young, you have to sign him to a long-term deal if you trade for him because you're giving up assets to acquire him. So now that they've got Ngakwe in the house, they've got their free agent signing into Marcus Walker, right? And then they've got two surprise young guys in Rasheem Green and Jalen Harris. 
who have been making noise through all of camp. And then, oh, by the way, Travis Gibson took personal offense to being listed last on the depth chart. Whether that was a coincidence or not, we'll never know. He might not have even known he was last on the depth chart, honestly, because I highly doubt these guys put that much stock into what us fans are reading. They listen to what we say, sure, but they don't care about what we read. Um, so, I mean, he became a man possessed. And, oh, yeah, let's not forget about Dominique Robinson, converted wide receiver, who – has just a freakish body when it comes to the defensive end position. We've already got an odd man out here in Chicago. Let's not complicate that even more by adding somebody who you have to sign to a long-term contract. Well, I kind of agree with what uh, DeMond1599 is saying. It it depends on what Washington's asking for because I think defensive end is the easiest position you can uh, actually add to a team without needing too much practice time. But Again, this depends on what what's been asked. You know, Zim, I, I do want uh, if do you care to elaborate on the baggage? Are you just talking contract extension or something else? Contract extension. There's a lot of questions about his want to play football, um, and it's not necessarily whether or not he wants to be there. It, it's about his attitude in the locker room, from what I've understood. I, I have a good buddy who is a Commanders fan, so he and I talk about this kind of stuff when we talk football. Um, and, you know, of the four guys on their D-line, he seems like the one who's the least bought in. And part of that's probably because of the injury as well, right? He did have an injury that sat him out for an entire year. And on a young player, you never know if that's going to be a hindrance or if it's a, a one-time deal. You know, some of these guys, they get hurt. They never come back the same way. Um, for Chase Young, I don't know. I think it's too soon to know, but. Yeah, that's what I mean when I talk the baggage. Just it's it's the whole conglomeration of things: the injury, the the mindset, and the contract. I agree. We were talking about um, at at while Yannick was signed, we were doing the show, and I had I had it was funny because PJ had kind of talked me into the uh, the potential of that trade. If and I and I kind of brought up well. If they did do a trade like that, that would mean that they were really all in this season, you know, because we have a we have a quarterback on a rookie contract. So now is really the time to win. So then breaking news, boom, they get Yannick Ngakwe. And it was kind of like, well, that kind of says the same thing. They went out and signed Yannick. And it kind of says that they believe that they can win now. And that's right. what was most exciting to me about that signing, whether it was a trade for Chase Young or the signing of Ngakwe, that said to me that Poles believes, and in Poles we trust, that there could be something to this season. Yeah. If yeah. you talk to an NFL executive and you say, sir, what is the most important position in the NFL? 32 out of 32 would say quarterback. Okay. If you ask them what's the second most important position in football, I believe more than half at least 20 of them would say that pass rusher is the second most important edge rusher, whatever you want to define the position, somebody who goes and gets the quarterback, their primary focus is attacking the other quarterback. There are some GMs that would say a left tackle protecting the blind side of the quarterback is the most, the second most important thing. I, I think it's firmly those three as the most important positions, but you got to have someone that could create uh, pressure on every single down that he plays every single snap and Ngakwe's a guy like that. So, I mean, Chase Young would be nice, but I think the Bears are kind of okay right now. 
yeah, he would be more of a luxury piece now. But you, as Demond fifty ninety nine said, you can never have too many pass rushers. So uh, pass rushing is always needed. Within I, reason. I just don't. Yeah. I, right. Right. I, I just don't see polls giving up the draft capital. Uh, we've got what a thousand fifty guys are going to be cut in the next three weeks, and most of them, are, a lot of them, are going to be cut on that last day now. So he's looking through that, and uh, how many guys? Wasn't there three guys they got to sign next year? Washington, they got some contracts that are due. Uh, yeah. Montez Sweat might be available. Chase Young might be available. I'm missing somebody, but I, I, I'm just saying, Montez Sweat. Chase Young, and there's one other dude on that team. I don't know if he's defensive end or line. I but just, they got three big contracts. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just don't get why Washington would even be sellers at all. Like, why are you not? Right. Like, the NFC is terrible. It's I, – I honestly think it's the Eagles and the 49ers. They're in a class of their own in the NFC. Yeah. And then every other team in the NFC is either mid or bad. It's not like the AFC – where, like, the worst team right. is probably the Raiders, and, like, they have a lot of great pieces. Like, they they could like they brought in Jimmy G until we realized he was hurt. They kind of thought they'd have a good season. Every team in the AFC is good. Every team in the NFC is bad except two or at least mid. Like, if you're the commanders, you're in that division. The Eagles are probably going to win it, but you can feast on the Cowboys and the Giants if you find a way to have yeah. a good year. And you can be second in that division and be a wild card team in the NFC. It really shouldn't be out of the question. So I, I was a little surprised to hear that his name was even out there at all. Their their contracts are going to be up, and that, and it yeah. looks like they're not going to be able to sign all three of these guys. So I I was surprised that they pulled the fifth option off the table because I I thought they'd work them back into shape and then try and trade them before that you know that uh, this year. While still having an option year for next year, or keeping him and letting one of the other guys go because of the money. Very true. So, you know, he's got That's options. Paul's gonna he's gonna make his options, man, because the guy's always looking. That's what I love about him. He's always looking, always. We got Jack Campbell in the um, yeah the chat, guys. <laughs> I will wow. become the best linebacker in football. I'm saying. Yeah, in Canadian football, absolutely. <laughs> is that, is that Don Burr? Jack Campbell, a.k.a. Don Burr. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, too, man. Funny. <laughs> Steven Z, I found Don Burr. <laughs> you know funny. you're moving up in the Bears world when Don Burr comes to your chat. That's true. Yeah. That's true. He's in all of the major Bears chats, you know, biggest Bears fan I know. <laughs> no shit. He is. He is, in all, I mean, time. he is in all. I mean, he's in a ton of them, man. I, I was like, last year, I was kind of like just following him around, and I go into even Detroit, Detroit chats, just to just to see what he'd say, and he'd be like, "What are you doing here?" And I'm like, "I'm doing the same crap you are." <laughs> Bears against all you mother. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's what I did, man. Are we even their around. biggest rival? Their biggest rival Not is a win. That's true. The <laughs> yeah. Playoffs are their biggest no, rival. I was going to say their biggest rival is a playoff win. That's true. Yeah. I'm just thinking, yes. like, I don't think of Detroit, like, in baseball, yeah, and in hockey, you used to, and in basketball, you used to, but, like, Chicago and Detroit, 
football? It's the Packers, right? And then I would put the Vikings second. Yeah. When, I mean, it's, we we have kind of had their number, but not like the Packers. But I, I, that's they, true. They probably had the Packers they, number equally, though. I think they had Chicago, too, just as a city. Like Detroit, they it's just like a rivalry with the city, if if anything. Like, all those Chicago like St. People. Louis versus Chicago. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. And they feel like, yeah, that's Like that's Green Bay it. thinks they are with Chicago, but it's like, no, you're actually just farmland. Nobody cares. Exactly. Now, I do know from going up to Minnesota a bunch, they hate the Packers just as much yeah. as yeah. they do. No, like, everybody oh, yeah. hates the Packers. Yeah, I, like everyone. Like Even this. Broncos fans hate the Packers all stemming back to the 98 Super Bowl, man. That's funny. I love that. I've been, I've been talking with some guys in D.C., and, and now they can't stand the Packers because uh, Rodgers in is in New York, and it takes away some of their uh, coverage, I guess. They're not getting you know as much just because yeah. he's in New York. I'm like, I, I don't get that, but. They're talking about it. I, I've subbed the two DC podcasts because I we were talking. I was talking to them about maybe doing something with us prior to that Washington game, and they're high on their quarterback, but they 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 hate the they hate the, the Packers, man. And I just I don't understand it. But he started talking about the the East Coast media not giving Washington some of their due deserved coverage because of uh, Rodgers. Any, any any way to get somebody to hate the Packers, I'm on board for it. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Rodgers leaving made the Packers worse and gives the uh, the football team a chance to ascend this season. Like, I think the Packers getting worse helps Washington. So, oh, yeah. okay. Stephen A's not going to talk about them as much. What do you guys think <laughs> of uh, Leo Packers question here? Ooh. Both Gibson and Robinson got washed away in the run game in 2022, and Yannick and Lewis' weakness is playing the run. What defensive end do we have that sets the edge? Can the interior D-line step up? Go ahead, Zim. I know, I know, I know, I know. Hey, who is playing defensive tackle for the Bears last year? Can you name one of them? Because I sure as hell can't. Uh, okay. Muhammad. Yeah, Al-Kadim Muhammad, he was actually listed as an end, but he was playing inside. You're right. Uh, right. When a guy's played out of position like that, he's probably not going to be very good. Exactly. Blackman. So here's the deal with this Eberflus defense, right, is it's an inside-out defense, right? right? Because it's a cover two defense, right? It's a 4-3, right? I'm going to keep saying right. Just go with it. Right. <laughs> at, right. Any, <laughs> at any rate, right. Right? it's an inside-out defense. You got your middle linebacker. Middle linebacker's covering the middle of the field, the inside of the field between the numbers, right? Now you've got your interior defensive linemen that are stopping the run. And if they can stop the run, it allows your outside backers – to get in and fill the gaps and allows your edge defenders to seal the edge and either force them outside where your nickel and safety can get to them or force them inside where your backers can get to them because your middle linebacker is going to be back in coverage most of the time, right? It's a really simple concept to figure out, but if you don't understand football, I get why you would ask these questions. It's not to say you're not smart. It's just to say that different schemes have different responsibilities. And we've been watching the Bears play a specific scheme that had very different responsibilities for quite a while. So these guys, what they need to do is they need to get strong pressure in the middle. And Andrew Billings is exactly the kind of guy to do that because he can take up two bodies at a time because he's just a, such a huge, large individual, right? So he can come in and take up one, two guys, seal a gap for sure. Now you've only got three more gaps to cover because one guy is covering up at least a full gap. 
You get your edge to come. Like I said, he pushes guy either inside or outside. If he can seal that edge, if he's coming inside, you've got your outside backers in there. He goes outside. You got safeties. You got nickels. It's all going to work out, guys. The middle of the defense is where all of this starts and stops by signing two good defensive tackles and developing more with Zach Pickens and Jervon Dexter. This team is going to be much improved against the run, and Yannick Ngakwe can just freaking go after the quarterback's head like Khalil Mack did in his first season with the Bears, and I think we all remember how well that turned out. Period. <laughs> Sorry, that question gets me really wound up because it's like, oh my God, it's a different scheme altogether, guys. You have to have the players to fit the scheme. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, re, I remember when um, Lovey ran this game, he was uh, had his guys predicated on speed. So when you have a yes. lot of speed guys, even at defensive tackle, you don't have the the, the beef to uh, stop the run. But I think Eberflus runs his scheme a little bit differently where he's actually has the bigger uh, defensive tackles in there. But at the same time, it was still a cover two scheme, right? And who are the two guys who got you most fired up? Well, I'll give it three. Who are the three guys that got you most fired up on that Bears defense, right? Because it wasn't Erlacher. It wasn't Mike Brown. They were just the ones making the plays. The guys who got you fired up, that was Tank Johnson. That was Tommy Harris. And it was, I mean, Agunlie was more of an edge player than a tackle. Um, I keep forgetting the, yes, the guy who came in, 95, the rookie. Oh, uh, Spice Adams? Sp uh, yeah, maybe it was Spice. But yeah, Spice there was a... Uh, Mark Anderson. 97. Yes, 97. Yes. Excuse me. Yes. But yeah, Mark Anderson, when he came in, it totally changed that defense. Like, it's all about the interior pressure. Well, Mark Anderson was more of the edge guy, but the uh, guy on the inside was 98. 98, Dustin Dvorak or... Whatever his name is. Yeah. yeah. He was a guy, you know, clogging up the middle uh, coming out of Oklahoma too, I believe. Um yeah, so yeah. I just think, you know, with with this year's defense, we'll see whether the uh what Dexter and um Zach Zach Pickens do, because I think they are the key because if, if they get the rush up the middle, it'll make the job for the ends a lot lot easier. And I think that's what we ran into last year. No one was getting a push up the middle. I loved your rant there, though, Zim. That was awesome. Thanks. I do that sometimes. No, Joe it's and awesome. Vinny have learned just let it's me roll. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Joe had background music for me last season, but I did. <laughs> Listen, you know, there has to be there, – there, I like when, when there's different perspectives of different things. If we're all on the same page about everything all the time, it makes the show like – just way too homerish, right? So I love the different perspectives of things that all you guys are bringing to the show. It's awesome. Like Vinny, like about Justin Fields. There's a lot of people that feel the same way, you know. I, I know one of my buddies here in chat does. He's not sold yet. He's still waiting for that that moment. But um, I think collectively, you're you're muted, Vinny. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm salivating at him being good, though. That's the thing. Like I want. Right. We all are. Yeah. That's I, I'm if he could if he passes if, if he said he, he he wants to pass for or he thinks he can pass for 4,000 yards this season if he does that he will be MVP just because he's a Chicago Bear 
and he'll probably have if he has four thousand passing yards, he'll have anywhere from eight hundred to twelve hundred rushing yards too. That's a lot. Yeah. So like five thousand plus total yards. Like he's absolutely right there with Mahomes and Hurts and Herbert. I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna have an MVP caliber season. I don't know if he'll win it, but he'll be in the conversation. And then mm-hmm. if there's there's always like one running back or something that slithers his way into the conversation even though everybody knows he's not gonna win it. Wouldn't shock me if it was uh running back from Florida who was drafted in the first round. Um, B. John, uh, B. John Robinson. Oh, from I, Texas. Yeah, Texas. I'm sorry. I said Florida. I meant Texas. Yeah. Like, I would take him top five in fantasy, fantasy football goon. <laughs> no. No. I'm, actually, I'm happy with Roshan Johnson. Less yeah. less wear and tear on the on the body, right? He's, he's not bad, Vinny. I'm just saying he's not a top five. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that one. Oh, you could. You should definitely take him in the top five, though. You should in our league. <laughs> <laughs> Roshan Johnson's brother, by the way, um, Dorian Johnson, commented on one of our shows recently with Swifty. That was pretty awesome. Hey, and nice. I, actually, I actually commented back, like, we'd love to have you on the show. Email us and let us know. And he's like, I'll, I'll definitely get back to you on that. So that'd be exciting if we can get um, Dorian uh, Dorian Johnson on the show. That'd be awesome. Well, my, my brother's commenting in the show tonight. Yeah, Cell's in, in the show tonight, right? Mm-hmm. I'm down for some meatloaf. Sure. Huh? I'll have some meatloaf. You'll have some meatloaf? <laughs> I'm looking at the comment. $2 Super Chat from Retro. Vin was salivating thinking about Cliff's meatloaf. I, you know, I would love to see a picture of Cliff's meatloaf, by the way. I think I saw the show I was on last time. We showed the picture of that, didn't we? He he, never, he hasn't shown a picture of the meatloaf. It's like always something else. Oh, yeah. If he's cooking. Was that the double cheeseburger with the bacon, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It might have been maybe. that double cheeseburger with the bacon, man. That looked good. Yeah, I think that was the burger show. We were talking about burgers that night. Yeah, we and have a, catfish we have a and spaghetti. Of, we have a couple of resident chefs there. <laughs> and uh, Cliff, as well as Walt, uh, we have some uh, chefs in the uh, chat there for real. Guys, we have um, Alex Shapiro from NBC Sports waiting in the background. Would you guys like to talk to him a little bit before uh, you guys take off, transition? You you guys do your thing with them. I'll hang out in the background until you're done, and maybe I'll shoot the shit when you're over. Okay. Yeah, after Alex leaves, we'll do nice. the shoot the shit at the end of the show but um if you guys want to stick around for a few minutes and uh transition into uh alex with us that'd be awesome we are excited to have alex here on the show yeah i'm sure vin or zim's got a question for him i'm sure they do i know you guys can come up with one question each i would bet fine i'll ask him a question i'll I'll ask him a question and then then you can take me off this is your guys show i don't want to do anything like that. Exactly. Alex, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. All this is packed house. Look yeah, at this. Welcome, I love it. Welcome, Alex. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Alex, they're forcing me to ask you a question before we head on out. Um, I'm curious. So far, training camp has been impressive, right? We've enjoyed lots of different things from training camp. What is one thing that you've seen from training camp so far with the Bears 
that might not be quite as talked about. Like we hear all sorts of things about DJ Moore and Claypool stealing the show in terms of the receiver room. We're going to hear Justin Fields all day long. What's something that's going under the radar that people might not notice until the season starts? I don't know if it's fair to say it's going under the radar, but certainly not talked as much about Justin Fields and DJ Moore. Are. You know, we, we hear about that a lot. The, the secondary, in my opinion, has been super impressive. Um, Jalen Johnson is Jalen Johnson. He's, he's still super sticky. I think Kyler Gordon is much improved uh, playing only the nickel. We've seen him lay some big-time thuds. He's got great instincts. He's around the football when the football's near the line of scrimmage, which is exactly what the Bears want. <clears throat> and I think both the rookies have been very good. Terrell Smith and Tyreek Stevenson, each guy has gone up against DJ Moore and beaten him on some reps, which is been extremely tough to do for for a lot of people obviously dj moore is really really good um so i think the bears you know if they stay healthy and if the defensive line with i'm sorry excuse me yannick and can dial up the pressure a little bit certainly more than they did last season that can allow that young secondary to thrive and we might be talking about the bears having one of the best young secondaries in the league by the end of this season if you know, Jalen Johnson can increase the picks if Kyler Gordon does continue his development and if either Tyree Stevenson or Terrell Smith plays really well as that second outside corner. Um, that's arguably the unit that has impressed me the most. Very cool. 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 Guys, Zim, you got a question? I just want to say it's awesome to hear that Stevenson is doing so well. You know, for him to come over as part of the Panthers trade, it basically means the Bears got three starters for that number one overall pick, plus two more picks yet to come. That's huge. That's so big. Um, excuse me. Let me ask you a bit of an off-the-wall question before we take off, before the three of us on my line take off for the night. Um, I fell in love with Tyson Badgett in that first game. He looked the part of an NFL quarterback. It looked like the game was the right speed for him. It looked like he knew how to make the decisions. Do we have like a backup quarterback competition happening here with PJ Walker kind of underwhelming and Nathan Peterman being Nathan Peterman? <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest. I don't think there's a real backup quarterback competition at this point yet. Just because PJ Walker is a vet, the Bears love what Nathan Peterman um, brings to that room. I've spoken to some people who, you know, kind of know what's going on in that, in that quarterback's room and Nathan Peterman's like headiness, his understanding of what defenses do and what the offense needs to do that. They think that's pretty invaluable in terms of just, you know, the mind, like the quarterback mind. So they want to, I think that they see that as a value Tyson Bajant to me is obviously the most intriguing upside talent just because we know what he did at Shepard. I mean, record-breaking stuff. The upside to me with Bajan is, is, is through the roof, and you kind of know what you're getting on the field with Peterman and P.J. Walker. I want to see more of Bajan. I want to see a lot more of Bajan in the second game and in the third game, and then maybe let's talk. But I do agree with your assessment. You know, seeing P.J. Walker – Again, to me, like I'll use your word, it's been underwhelming. Um, I don't, you know, if, if Justin Fields goes down, the Bears are in trouble, right? And, and I don't think that changes. 
I don't think that changes if Nathan Peterman is the guy, if Tyson Bajan is the guy, or if PJ Walker is the guy. In my opinion, from what I've seen, like neither or none of those three quarterbacks have really been like noticeably way better than the other two. Tyson Bajan, he will get out of the pocket and he'll make some really athletic plays, some really nice throws that make you go, oh, yeah, okay, that's why the Bears are taking a shot on this guy. But then, you know, throw a bad interception too. You know, we, we've seen the mistakes. And um, so, again, I, I don't think – I don't think the Bears are at a point yet where that's a, a real competition, to be honest. But let's see. I mean, there's still two preseason games to go. If Bajent just lights it up, you know, and is and his lights out in those games, maybe maybe different. But right now, after one preseason game, I'm just, I'm just not ready to go there yet. Totally Great question. Fair. I'm rooting for the guy. Me too. Heck Joe? yeah, man. Yeah, I'll ask one quick one, and then we'll get out of here. But uh, – Alex, I got to ask, the, the Bears made a little bit of news before the preseason with a little bit of conversation about the logo on my hat here. Uh, this is the new primary logo for the Chicago Bears. And the, it kind of the news kind of swept away and there hasn't been much talk about it. So I'm curious if there's been any talk about exactly what that means. Are we going to see this on a helmet? Are we going to see this on the 50-yard line? Has there been any talk about what what's happening with that? So my understanding is that they did that for brands, for broadcast partners. So when you see like the bug, like the score bug, instead of putting the C, you might see the Bears logo. Okay. Could we see it at the 50-yard line? Maybe. I kind of doubt it. I would be floored if they put it on the helmet. Like to oh, me, that's I'd love that's, it. Sure. I mean, I'm sure a lot of fans would love it. I again like. I don't think there's any chance that that C is coming off the helmet. Um, I don't either. Uh, I think it was, you know, a lot of people have made a lot of this logo change. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, my understanding is it's like a small tweak for brands, for licensing partners, for whatever, what have you, to say, hey, use this head, you know, again, in 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 certain branding opportunities, I wouldn't expect huge changes like within the Bears organization. Uh, yeah, I come from the advertising world, so it's like a style guide, basically. It's like, yeah, right. you're you're going to use this on a McDonald's commercial. You're going to use this, you know, on in the newspaper. So I totally get what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense. Appreciate the appreciate the quick answer. Sure, of course. I and love DCP it, man. Guys, thank you. Right. Dude, thanks for coming on tonight, and hanging out with us in the beginning of the show. You guys are welcome to hang around and stick with us. After Alex leaves the show and for shoot the shit, and we can hang out some more. Swifty's going to join us, and we'll talk about uh, Foster's day at training camp um, <laughs> with the joint practice today with the Colts. Yeah, because thank you, Vinny, uh, Zim, and uh, Joe. Appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. It's fun, guys. Appreciate you. We'll see you in a bit. See you guys. Yep, you know it. Thanks, guys. All three of you guys, man. Thanks. Look how professionally that was done. I'm, I'm yeah, proud was, of us. That was great. That was very proud. First off, wonderful we get, handoff. Thank you. Before we get to the uh, super chat from Retro, uh, Alex, I want to first off say uh, it's nice to meet you, and thank you for uh, agreeing to come on the show. Um, we're big fans of you. Um, we I love the Under Center podcast. Um, I know you've you've done some other stuff on NBC Sports with podcasts and stuff. So big fan of yours. And uh, my first question to you is, and I think that I know this um, already, but you are a fan of the Bears, right? You're not just uh, 
uh, working for NBC and not a fan, right? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure meeting you too, Shorty. Uh, I know this is a long time coming. I'm I'm glad we finally made it happen. Those are really yes. kind words. And, uh, thanks for having me. Um, so it's interesting. Yes, I grew up a Bears fan. So my father had season tickets. It to me, football was my favorite sport. Like. I grew up rooting for the White Sox. I grew up rooting for the Bulls, Blackhawks, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, it was always the Bears. You know, like, I'll I'll watch the White Sox whenever. And I – but I'm not going to watch, like, the Braves play the Marlins. You know what I mean? I don't love baseball to that degree that I'm going to watch two random teams. But football for me, it's like if the Chargers and Jaguars are playing or whoever, like, yeah, I'm in. I'm, I'm down to watch that. So football has always been my favorite sport. Uh, and that's why I've kind of gravitated towards this. But I will say, working in the media, so I've I've been doing sports media for nearly a decade. It kind of changes your relationship with the teams as a fan. Right. right. Um, where I'm, I truly I try to be objective as possible, and I don't want my fandom to bleed into that. Right. I right. don't want to be looking at the team with rose-colored glasses because of my fandom. I don't want to be looking at the team negatively because of my fandom. I try to be as objective as possible. Um, and then when you're working in the like the deadline-oriented, the crunch of the newsroom when everything is happening so, so, so quickly, it's almost like you don't have time to have emotions. So I remember so I, but before I was a beat writer, I was a video editor for NBC Sports Chicago. And I was working during the uh, wild card playoff game that the Bears lost to the uh, to the Eagles 2018. Normally, as a fan, that would be a crushing loss, right? Double doink. Right. right. It lives in infamy. Actually, a That's, block. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever it was, that is in when I was like 14 years old, 15 years old, a play that would have like ruined not only my night, but probably the next three days. When you're working in the media, when you're working in the business, it happens so fast and so quickly. And it's just like, okay, we got to go. Now, how do we cover this? How do we do this story? Like I said, it's like you you almost don't have time to be emotional about it. And it does. It, it kind of changes your relationship with the team. And and again, you know, I, I try to be objective. So I don't – I don't know. It, it's hard to explain other than yeah, I, I don't it. know. I don't know. Like I will always have love in my heart for these teams, but, it but kind I don't of, know that I would call myself something a fan. Inside you, right? right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know that I would call myself a fan anymore. If that makes sense. Right. Th like I love fantasy football. I like sports betting. I used to love having bears on my team. Now I don't, I specifically don't draft bears. Uh, I will not bet on the bears because again, I don't want that coloring my coverage of them. Right. So, I've I've tried to like have a separation of church and state <laughs> to to a degree if that makes any sense. Perfect sense. Uh, before we get to you, PJ, uh, retro for the, with his two dollars super chat saying, "Alex, is that a Picasso Rembrandt in the background?" I wish it was something that nice. Um, it is actually a very special painting to my wife and I, though. So we got this from a random artist on the street in Prague. Uh, when my wife and I got engaged, we went on a little European vacation. We spent a good amount of time in Prague. We loved it. 
and we just saw this artist we thought he was really cool we were drawn to this painting mm -hmm. uh so we got it it's we, on we your got wall, the exactly and you know it's very special it's like i said because this was our engagement trip that's awesome Europe. So awesome. it is not Great a Picasso. Question. It is not a Rembrandt. I believe the artist's name is Muraz. I have no Great idea question. how to pronounce it. Uh, it was very hard for us to actually communicate <laughs> with this guy because <laughs> our Czech is not good. Uh, I can order a beer in Czech, and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, but it is M-U-R-A-Z. He was a really, really nice guy, and he had really cool stuff. Muraz, cool. sounds like, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I also need to introduce you, Alex, to our co-hosts here. PJ and Foster and our producer Walt. Um, uh, PJ is he he he's a former police officer, so he wants to um, interrogate you right now. So we'll let him we'll let him go with the question. Alex, first of all, I want to say thank you, man, for uh, coming on the show. Really glad to have you. We've been wanting to have you here for a while, so I'm glad you was finally able to make it. So thank you. Um, as far as my questioning, you know, it's not going to be interrogation. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> I can but take I, the heat, I swear. Foster's in his car, by the way, Alex. That's how devoted he is. He's, he's in his car. Because <laughs> he was at training camp today, so he it's too far of a drive to go back home, so he had to sit in his car for the show. <laughs> so, so, Alex, what's the most challenging part about covering uh, the Bears right now? Well, right now, I think the most challenging thing about covering them is we are really in the dog days of training camp. You know, mm -hmm. I am just like, let, let's get to the regular season already. Right. Uh, and especially when we hear the starters aren't going to play, or if Justin Fields isn't going to play on Saturday, select starters are not going to play on Saturday. He's not playing? I'm no. fairly certain. I, I was talking with my guys. I was looking at the tweets. I believe Justin Fields will not play this Saturday. Basically, Flus, I believe, said they saw enough from him in practice, right? Joint practices are really important. Joint practices are great. You can see a lot in joint practices. So yep. why risk the body? I actually think it's a really smart decision, right? You got to see him play against a real opponent, a different opponent. You got to see him doing all sorts of different things for two days over what seemed to be very competitive practices. But why risk it? Why risk it? So... I agree. I bought sure. I bought seven tickets to go to this game. Oh no! Well, you know what? <laughs> this will be fun time to to going back to our PJ Walker and our Tyson Bajent conversation. You know that this is this is where the light shines on them now. Um, oh. so, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news for get you, your, PJ. Get your hopes up for Tyson Bajent, man. Come on, it's it's a Tyson Bajent show, PJ. Man, just broke my heart. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry, I need man. to finally meet Alex, and he's a bearer <laughs> of bad news. Well, thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. It was actually Walter. Walter said it earlier in the show. You just missed it. He pulled up oh, that. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Right. There you go. Okay. Um, so I'm just, you know, at the beginning of training camp, I have all these storylines, and I have all these things that I'm looking for. Uh, and that's not to say that there aren't storylines now, because things evolve. Things change, right? Tyreek Stevenson, I thought, had the CB2 job buttoned up and then all of a sudden Terrell Smith emerges as a real competitor. That's interesting. Uh, Very. Watching Yannick Ngakwe ramp up, you know, that is interesting, but 
How was that going though? His uh, ramp. So he's he's barely done anything now. Again, I'm I'm not at into uh, Indianapolis okay. to to watch these joint practices, so I don't know if he did anything like super spectacular over the past two days. But he was just starting to get his feet wet in team period stuff, um, and then obviously didn't play in that first preseason game. So he is still in the ramp up portion of that ramp up. So again, okay. th- there are still things that are interesting, but. This, these are the moments where it feels more like a grind, right? Okay. The first week, the first 10 days, you're so hype. You're like, oh, my God, we've been doing nothing but speculating and talking about this. You know, just like what could be ifs, you know, right. all that stuff. The first 10 practices are great. And now we're kind of like in that in-between time again where I'm just like, just get me to the regular season already. I'm not trying to complain. Like right. what we do is no, awesome and it's, it's very cool, but – I'm ready for September 10th, man. Yeah. Now, you have a note, do you have a notebook with all your notes for uh, what you've been watching and what you've been observing that you mind sharing with us? Yes, sir. Um, I don't have my notebook in front of me. Would you like me to run get it? Sure. Yes. All right. I yes. can do that. It'll take me, yeah, it'll make take the man me just a go moment. to work right now. What are you doing, PJ? <laughs> hey. It's all hey. right. That's I'm all right. It's right in my backpack, right, right over there. I'm a fan of back in a flash. I'll be back in a flash. Honestly, it's on me. I should have been prepared. That's on me. I should have been better prepared. So I'll take the L. It's all good. (laughs) BRB. (laughs) Guys, Alex is my guy, man. I like Alex. Alex is awesome. If you guys have any uh, questions for Alex, um, go ahead and get them ready, and we'll we'll save them for later. We'll kind of get to that towards the end of. Alex's time on the show here with us. We, I'm sure he would love to take some of your questions. Uh, some yeah. of my questions for Alex are not going to be football related, so I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll is, save that for you guys. This is my last question for Alex. So I just want to know what his uh, thoughts are. Look at that. See, look at he split. Told you would you take no time at all. You the man. The magical notebook, courtesy. Nice. Uh, oh, can you not see it? Oh, it's too bright. But courtesy of the White Sox. When I was pitching in on the White Sox beat, they gave me this nice reporter pad that I still use for the Bears now. Nice. 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 If you were Alex Shapiro, I would have pulled you from the show for that, <laughs> being a Sox fan. <laughs> oh, well, here's the thing. I, I have love in my heart for the Cubs, too. I come from a split household. My father's side, Sox fan. My mother's side, Cubs fans. Ah. Uh, we just happened to go more to more Sox fans when I was a kid, so – I, you know, grew up I mean, the Cubs were awful. They've been awful forever. So why wouldn't you? Sure. Sure. But, you know, I, I want my mom to be happy. I want my grandmother to be happy. So <laughs> right. when the Cubs right. win, it's all love. Exactly. Hey, I, rooted for, I actually rooted for the Sox when they won the World Series in 25. I was. Oh, my gosh. They were from Chicago. I rooted for them. Love that. Love that, Shorty. Yeah. I don't. Listen, I'm a Cubs fan at heart. But if the Sox are in it. And they're winning, and the Cubs aren't. I'll I'll gladly root for the Sox, just because they're from Chicago. I know that's that's being very fair weatherish, but I mean I don't have any like major love in my heart for the Sox, but I do because they're from Chicago. Period. It's just a it's just a city love thing. That's all. Hell yeah, man. We need more of that. We need more of that. Just love everybody. Love everybody. Come on now. I mean, we only have one football team, so that's why we all buy into that. So we're all like, we're all united with that, and then we're divided by 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 baseball. When there's no reason to be, really true. They're not in the yeah. same conference, so who cares? Love the love. 
looks like we lost Foster. Uh, Walt, did you have anything you wanted to ask uh, Alex? Because I have another I have sure, a question. Sure, I actually want to bring up uh, Leo Factor's question earlier. He wants to ask your opinion on the uh, D-line depth, just how they're generally doing in training camp. D-line depth. Okay, so I actually think Jervon Duxter and Zach Pickens have flashed really impressive moments. And I think we really we all saw that during the um, during the preseason game. Pickens obviously had that sack. Jervon didn't maybe flash quite as much during the preseason game, but there have been reps where Jervon is just in the backfield in an instant, and you go, "Whoa, that's the dude." That's the dude that they drafted. That's why they brought this guy here. Now, I think each man is probably still a little bit of a work in progress, right? I would not anticipate either guy overtaking Andrew Billings or Justin Jones by week one. By week 18, we'll see. Um, But, yeah, no, I've seen the moments where you go, that dude is fast, that dude is big, that dude can be dominant. Uh, and you know, I, I do find myself writing down 96 and 98 and circling them a few times. So to bring it back to the notebook, the last practice that I saw, one of the last things I saw 96 batted ball, love to see it. We've got 98 again in the backfield. So yeah, the the guys have, the guys have flashed. Has it been like every single snap, every single rep? No, of course not. Uh, and again, like I said, I still think Andrew Billings and Justin Jones are the starters, but encouraging signs from from the rooks. Okay, Foster, you have a question? Since you, you since we lost you for a minute, you're muted, by the way. No, all right. I have a question for you. What's sure. your favorite food? So, if you were on death row, what would you? What would be your last meal? What's your favorite food? Phenomenal question. It's probably gonna be a T-bone steak basted mm. in butter. Uh, let's do for the side dish some garlic mash, and because we need a green on the plate, um, between roasted asparagus. Wait, no, no, you're on, you're on death row. You don't need a green on the plate. You just have to have this your favorite meal. <laughs> you don't have to worry about vegetables. <laughs> you're right. That's a good point. I'm about to die. Right. <laughs> In that case, let's make it wings. Let's make it, it we're going to swap out the green <laughs> for chicken wings, extra crispy, uh, mm. nice and saucy too. So I want the crispy, mm. but I also want them saucy and it's got to be blue cheese. And then for dessert, mm. we're going to do, we're going to do two desserts. Cause again, I'm on, I'm on death row. Go for it. One is going to be a key lime pie, and the other one's going to be a cherry pie. Bam. Mm, love it. Uh, so you're it going standard buffalo mashed- sauce, hot. Hot standard nice. buffalo sauce. Steak, mashed potatoes, and wings with standard hot buffalo sauce? Yeah, sure. Why not? And two desserts. Sure, why not? <laughs> Mine would be uh, 10 Italian beefs from all different places. Oh, my God. That's such a great call, too. Honestly, <laughs> like, like- pick my 10 best. I'll just eat every one of them until I just put the the needle in me, and I'll just dump it all out on the table when I'm when you're done with me. <laughs> I love that. Foster, are you you you're muted, buddy? You want to get in this conversation? Sitting in the dark I, there. I, on your I, phone? I don't know if you guys. 
Well, I, I, I started to say before when I didn't have a question, because I, I, I was off for a little bit. I'm driving through where all the radar towers are and stuff and all those giant fans and off the 65. I'm actually driving, guys. It's crazy. Stay Stop. safe out there. Did you guys talk about Travis Gibson? Not yet. No. Did you guys bring up Travis Gibson at all? No. Thoughts? He Alex, is just on been, Travis? Yeah, it was on it. I guess today too. I guess my follow-up question to that was: mm-hmm. Was there too much time against second and third and third stringers to actually come up with a an overall consensus of how well he's going to play, or is it just because of the things he was doing that you see in that previous game? You know, like uh, Greg Gabriel said, he pointed all the things he was doing in the game that mm-hmm. were going to make a difference for him this season taking the next step do you believe that or is it just not too much it's you can't possibly come up with the answer from this one preseason game i want to be honest i think i've been seeing it from trevis gibson all camp i was i was stunned when i saw him buried at the bottom of that depth chart wow now terrell lewis has has been solid too those guys are like kind of trading blow for blow and again, I'm I'm not a defensive line scout. I don't know what Travis Smith is asking these guys to do. I don't know what Ellen Williams and Matt Eberflus are asking these guys to do. So when I look at the tape, when I watch a game, Travis Gibson, it might look like he's doing something nice, but maybe he's missing his assignment. He's missing his alignment, et cetera, et cetera. Those are things we'll just never know. That could explain why he is buried. Um, but like I said, in practice, I mean, I've seen Travis Gibson beat Darnell Wright like seemingly 10 times or get the better of Larry Borum, you know, a dozen times. Uh, Especially when we hear from the guy like Ryan Poles talking about like grading the flashes when Travis gives him flashes in my eyes, he really flashes. And now I I talked to him after that game on Saturday because I I went and I was like, dude, you had a great game after being buried on the depth chart. You just had a great game and you would take me through that, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, honestly, I think I left plays out there. That's my takeaway. I was too close too many times, and I need to, I need to step it up. Uh, and then, you know, he, he told me about, you know, I'm not looking left. I'm not looking right. I'm not trying to play this numbers game. I just got to look in the mirror and and do the best for me. And if right. I do the best for me and do my do the best job that I can, rather, things should hopefully work out. Uh, it's interesting. He and Terrell Lewis are actually buds. They went to the, I believe, Senior Bowl together in 2020. Whoa. Yeah, and apparently they would like sit next to each other on the bus and yuck it up. So he's he like loves being on the Bears with Terrell Lewis now, and just obviously hopes that both of them make the team. But the reality of the business is that maybe not both of them will make the team. And he, you know, he just goes whether I'm on this team and he's not. Or whether he's on the team and I'm I'm not. I know this is a wide league, and I know that I I just want both of us to be successful somewhere, which was you know refreshing to hear. I thought it was really genuine. It seems like he knows what the score is. You know, when you look around with Yannick and Gakwe coming in, obviously it bumps everybody down. You've got. Rasheem Green and Demarcus Walker clearly ahead of you. You have Dominique Robinson clearly ahead of you. Um, but just my eyes, my completely untrained eyes, again, not knowing what the coaches are asking these guys to do, I have been really impressed with Travis Gibson and looking at it like, okay, 
last year the Bears maybe asked him to do too much, right? When he was the third option, when he was the fourth option, he could produce. Working behind Khalil Mack, working behind Robert Quinn as a mm-hmm. rotational wave guy. Mm-hmm. When you make him the number one option, it didn't work out. But if he can go back to being a wave guy, right? These tackles are just getting banged and banged and banged by Yannick Ngakwe and Demarcus Walker, Rasheem Green for a little while. And then, bam, you get Travis Gibson with fresh legs coming out on Series 4 or Series 5 or what have you. That's where he can make an impact. That's kind of how I see it. And that's where I think he can honestly still be successful in this league. And again, like I said, I've, I've, I've been impressed with him in practice, and I was very impressed with him in the preseason game, even though he told me he was not happy that he left too many plays on the field. What what have you seen from uh, Nate Davis in this limited number of snaps? Not a lot because it's been a limited number of snaps, to be honest. Um, I'm not going to judge anything from the early goings with no pads on because you just really can't assess defensive linemen or offensive linemen with pads on. I think there was maybe one padded practice that I saw of his um, off the top of my head. Not a lot notable, which is probably a good thing for an offensive lineman. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. That's kind of like no, it's, that's kind that's, of a cop out, but no, you know that's I just haven't seen enough. You know, he, you know he, needs to be, he needs to be out there. He needs to be out there. Do you know what's keeping him out? No. The Bears are very tight-lipped about injuries at this time of year. They've told us that um, they're only going to update us for long-term injuries, and we've gotten no updates. So it stands to reason none of the injuries are are serious. But I know he has been back. He's returned uh, recently. He has been getting more uh, padded practices in, like I said, I wasn't at uh, Indianapolis to watch these, so I, I didn't get to see the padded practices with Nate Davis in there. But he seems to be on the mend. He seems to be on his way back into the uh, into the starting rotation. Did we ever find? Did you did you ever find out what kept Tevin out last year? What kept Tevin out last year? Yes. Uh, so last season he missed time with a hip. That was kind of like a nagging injury, and then oh, obviously he had season. that very. Huh? Preseason. preseason. Oh, last preseason. Yeah. No. Last preseason. No, no, I never found out. I, yeah, no, I don't know. Okay. I never, <laughs> I don't remember if I asked him about it or not. Okay. I can't recall. But, you know, maybe, maybe now that it's like so much more in the path and right. he's so solid at left guard, maybe I can pick at that scab and see what really happened. Uh, um, but no, I, I don't, I don't recall. See, it's, it's my speculation that he was out because of his weight, that, you know, the, the ideal weight was a 320 pounds because he's mentioned that it a couple of times in the interview. And he was saying that, oh, he's currently at and he's given the precise weight. So I was yeah. wondering, well, he couldn't he probably couldn't practice until he re- reached that weight. So I'm wondering, is Nate Davis falling in that same category now? Um, I don't think it would be that, to be honest. Don't I don't so. think they would hold the guy out because he is four pounds off or whatever. Well, I, I don't know. I'm going to, I don't know, but I don't, I don't think it would be that, to be honest. I bet it's some sort of 
soft tissue, nagging groin, nagging this, that, or the other thing. Um, and that maybe if it was a regular season game, he would be going. But since it was the first half of training camp and the dude's a veteran, it's like, just get healthy and get out there. You know what I mean? Um, and Eberflus did say, now, I don't know that he would throw Nate Davis under the bus. So maybe take this with a grain of salt. But I believe he gave the team like top marks for meeting their conditioning goals. And they do that for every player. You know, every single player gets a very specific range that they're mm -hmm. supposed to come to training camp at. Right. Um, and I, I know that uh, Flus gave the team high, high marks for, for their conditioning goals. Okay. Okay. One of one of my questions that I have for you is Travis Bell. What have you seen just from being around the team as much as you have from him? Is he? I'm kind of worried about maybe he gets he gets put on the practice squad and then we lose him. Is he? What are your um, your thoughts on him so far from what you've seen? Is he is he someone that we can kind of be excited about? I don't know. I think it's going to be a bit of a path for Travis Bell to get any sort of playing time. I agree with you. I think his he, he, he's on track to be a practice squad guy now uh, just because there are, you know, several guys on that defensive line that you are probably keeping ahead of him. And you feel good about your top four being Justin Jones, Andrew Billings, uh, Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens. And then I just know the team really likes Andrew Brown. What he brought at the tail end of last year, he's still in the building. Um, I kind of see it as, as Travis Bell heading to the practice squad. So are you saying Walker might be cut? Demarcus Walker? Yeah. Oh, no. No, no I'm just talking about like the interior guys. Well, so they uh, have him listed as a defensive end, right? But is he really a defensive end? Demarcus Walker, he's also missed a lot of practice, so it's hard to tell. Now, here's a little interesting wrinkle. So I have not noticed Demarcus Walker line up at tackle at all. Uh, but again, in the in the limited time that he was out there because he got hurt and he's missed a lot of time. Uh, Rasheem Green, though. Rasheem Green is the guy we've seen pop into tackle for their quote-unquote NASCAR package. So when they get a lot of get a lot of dudes in there, if they're going to move and end inside, it has been Rasheem Green. It's looked pretty good. Uh, they've used Rasheem Green on a bunch of twists and stunts, and it's given the Bears fits. To be quite honest, uh, they have struggled. So they had one really really bad day against the twists, and Rasheem Green was really in the middle of it. Dom Rob also was pretty effective on those twists, and then in individual drills. The O-line was just working on twist, 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 twist during individual drills. And then for a day, it looked like they were much improved. And then like a few days later, once again, the Bears just kept getting stunts. Um, so, again, small sample size, especially since D-Walk hasn't been out there too much. But it's been Rasheem Green who's been kicked in. Now, what about Dieter Eisler? He's a fan favorite of ours as well as others. So what have you seen from him? <laughs> Um, I have not watched a lot of Dieter Eislin, truth be told. I just haven't tuned into him. If if those like threes are on the field, I've been looking elsewhere. Uh he seems to be behind a few guys as well, which is 
also why I haven't tuned in too much. Right now, the way it is shaking out is Lucas Patrick is your backup right guard, and then Jatiri Carter is behind Lucas Patrick. And then Alex Leatherwood has really been the backup left guard. Uh, and we've seen some Doug Kramer taking center snaps. Uh, How has that looked? Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, I, I haven't noticed too many balls on the ground, too many balls over Justin Fields' head. Honestly, the exchange with Cody Whitehair and with Kramer has been solid. Good, good, Oh, that's interesting. I heard Peter was out there with the first team today, and he looked okay, man. I mean, I didn't, see I didn't catch every snap, but as I was watching defense and offense, I was sitting in the perfect spot right in between both. They were at opposite ends of the fields, which means I was literally watching the defense and the offense play at the same time because of where I was sitting. And every time I looked over, he was pushing his man backwards or he was moving forward. I didn't see him going backwards too much. Running plays, passing plays. Um, he looked he looked solid with the first team that I, that I saw. That's some breaking news right there. Well, maybe not breaking news because I haven't been super dialed into every single tweet they were, because they it was were the night practice. About it today. They were, yeah, it was today. It was literally an hour before this show started. What, what happened with uh, Cody Whitehair? Why, why wasn't Cody Whitehair out there? Uh, I don't know. I, I was wondering at myself and somebody said that there was an injury and I'm like, I saw him all day yesterday. So I don't know when that happened. Oh boy. I, I had no idea. Trainer today. I, I just heard about it and I, and you know what? I was on the wrong side of the field for that. Cause that's offense. I was sitting on the cold side because I was hoping to be there for the 11 on 11 and, and that kind of got messed up because everybody ran to one side. But when I went to the bathroom and got back, I couldn't even get back there to see anything. It was, but it, but he looked okay every time. And I'm, I'm, I probably saw him every third play. And there was made, they maybe ran like 18 plays that I might've seen out of the, the two rotations of the line. And he was out there with the first team and I didn't, there was no fumbles. Matter of fact, according to the scoreboard, the Bears scored 12 touchdowns today. <laughs> they literally put it up on a scoreboard. Three of them went to DJ Moore. I mean, they the offense looked pretty good. Uh, I, that was on the seven-on-seven seven drills, but it looked really good on the seven-on-seven seven drills, man. The 11-on-11, 11 11, I missed. You want to be good in seven-on-sevens. All right, so there we go. Foster's our boots hurt. on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you were saying uh, you, when we were talking before the show, you're like, I wasn't at training camp. I wasn't at the joint practices today. I'm like, yep, yeah, one of our co-hosts was. Don't worry, we got you. <laughs> Amazing. I got Alex. some footage of it, too. It's random trivia time, Alex. Oh. What school produced the most Chicago Bears draft picks? A, Ohio State, B, Northwestern, C, Notre Dame, or D, USC? We're talking in the history of the organization? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to go with uh, Notre Dame because Notre Dame football has been around a long time, and they've been really good for a long time. It's a good answer. It's a, it's a correct answer. answer. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Notre Dame, too. I'm sticking with Alex. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with Notre Dame as well. I'll, well, I'll throw this in. Walt knows it. Go ahead, Walt. He, he knows yeah. the answer. I know the answer. Well, get on the chat and tell me the answer. 
and then <laughs> never mind. <laughs> the answer's in the chat. The answer's in the chat. It's in the chat. I, I yeah. can't see it too good right now. Retro um, says C. Jay Grizz says Irish. Cliff Victoria says Notre Dame. Doug Van Dorn says C. Notre Dame. A lot of people going Irish. Jay Grizz. You know, I say this: If the Bears had drafted more players from USC, they probably would have a lot more Super Bowls because obviously USC <laughs> best football program in the nation. That's all I'm saying. If it was the a lot more Super Bowls for the Bears. Um, it's, it's, I, I'm gonna say C, but I, I, I want to say Northwestern second because they used to get a lot of players from them back in the day when PJ was there when the league started. So. <laughs> Just a wild hunch here. Just a just a wild hunch. Did you go to USC, uh, Alec? I did. I am ah! a <laughs> Okay. I am a Trojan. That's where that came from. Got it now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. you know, because we're looking at you going, USC the best football program. All right. Is he talking about the seventies? <laughs> Listen, I was there for the Pete Carroll days. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is the answer? It's it is C, right? The answer is C, yes. Yeah. 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 USC is See? Now, See what I drafting want, a bunch of domers does for your wall. team? <laughs> Not a whole lot. <laughs> Apologies to Equinus St. Brown and Chase Claypool and Sam Mustafer and Cole Komet and <laughs> I wish I could be on. so proud about my own um uh, college, but I went to American Academy of Art. We don't we don't have any sports. <laughs> hey, you can still be proud. There's still plenty to be proud about, I'm sure. Oh, I'm very proud of going to there. It's just we didn't have any any players that you know play in the NFL now. So <laughs> handball. <laughs> Should have Swifty coming on here soon. He's gonna wrap up the rest of the show with us. He wanted to kind of ask you. Uh, I think he had a question. I'm sure you know who Swifty is, right, Alex? Wow, Swift Sports Network. Taylor Swift is wow. coming on the show. Yeah, Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, on the show. We've got big. Yeah. Come on. We've gotten big fast, man. Happened really quick. Wow. Swifty Sports. Uh, Swift Sports Network. Network. He was on yes. last week. He hopped in with us when um, um, Glenn Morgan was on the show, and Glenn ended up asking him questions. I was like, "Damn, this is crazy." Glenn's my guy. Yeah, I love Glenn. Yeah, he's Glenn's awesome. Glenn's Glenn is awesome, awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Super guy. I, I literally got him to spit up his bourbon, though. <laughs> On air. <laughs> what was it? What was the comment that did it? Oh, God. It was we were, we were on with Just Another Year, Nick, from Just Another Year, another podcast. And uh, he had... They, they brought up something about I, I rehab houses, so I was working on a basement. And they're like, that's where Foster keeps the bodies. And he goes, wait a minute, man. Your bio hair. Uh, didn't John Wayne Gacy live over there? And, and just as Glenn's going to sip on his bourbon or scotch, whatever he was drinking, I go, I used to walk past Gacy's house every day. And he just went. <laughs> he, had to, he had to go off the camera and everything. And he goes, that's the last time I put a drink to my mouth. If I know Foster's going to open his, man, something like that. It was funny. It was funny. We laughed about it. Even the next day, we laughed about it. He's a super guy. I really like him, man. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with him on the show. So glad to hear it. And I enjoy your work, too, Alex, man. I didn't get to say this when you guys were all talking. Because, I, unfortunately, I'm not catching as much because of this show. But I still get to bounce around, man. And when I see I, there's certain things I'll just stop. It's like. 
You ever see E.F. Hutton? Remember E.F. Hutton commercials where they go, well, my broker's E.F. Hutton, and then everybody go like this? They'd, they'd shut up and listen. There's a few guys I do that to, and, and you're one of them, man. So I just yeah. wanted you to know that. Appreciate that. Very kind, yeah. Foster. Thank you. If E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. I currently live in Atlanta now, so I, I drive a lot back and forth from Illinois to here just to see family and stuff. So I listen to the Center podcast and hear you and uh, Kenneth and everybody else on that show. And I, that's one of my favorites, too. So that's why it's uh, really awesome to have you on the show with us tonight. Appreciate it. Appreciate well, it. We, very, we are very fans. Good. Yes, we are fans. I, and we're jealous. I did want to bring your job. <laughs> I wanted to bring one more one more thing up because I have the entire roster in front of me. They handed it out to everybody for both teams. Yes, sir. And I was going through it. What? I said. I was yes, going sir. through the roster, and I'm looking at like so they got Terrell Lewis listed as a defensive lineman, and then they got uh, just a bunch of guys. Lucas or not Lucas Patrick? DeAnthony Jones, defensive lineman, and then you go down and it's. Bravion Roy, defensive tackle. And then they list more defensive linemen and defensive tackles. And then you get to like Yannick and Gakwe and it says defensive end. And you get to uh, Rasheem Green and it says defensive end. So like Derek Walker's listed as a defensive lineman. So they and Zach Pickens, defensive lineman. Andrew Billings, defensive tackle. The, the designations are telling me that any of these guys with DL, and they showed it today because, boy, I wish I – that was even yesterday. I wish Shorty knows because the, the defense they ran out there yesterday for one of the practice, I'm going – I said, man, we got three pass rushers on the field at the same time, and they're all playing next to each other. Mm -hmm. Two tackles and a defensive end. I mean, they just the stuff, and I'm going – I said, Flus is checking every angle to see what these guys are capable. That, mm -hmm. That's my theory anyway because they're going – they were literally going live against uh, – Indianapolis's team one offense and Flus was had all these guys all over the place. So I didn't catch that until I started looking at it today, how they listed all the defensive linemen, defensive tackles and defensive ends. Yeah. So it, it's, it's pretty interesting. You know, they're going to do a lot of rotation with these guys. Did the, I think uh, we're solid was that from the Colts staff? Than people think. Was it from the Colts staff? No, or no. The Bears? This is the bears. I have, they hand out at the practice. There's sure. a sheet, and they hand it out to everybody. Everybody can have one. Sure. One side is every player on the Bears, and the other side is every player on the Colts. Colts. But gotcha. this is the Bears list that they're using, and they have it listed that way. Like, I started looking at uh, Indianapolis, isn't it? And it's really just defensive end and defensive linemen. The is Bears that, have it, four different designations on these guys. Is Terrell the, Lewis uh, mm -hmm. linebacker still? Terrell Lewis is listed as a defensive lineman. Oh, okay. No, wait. Let me check. No. Terrell Lewis is delisted. He is delisted as a defensive lineman, which, you know, okay. that's. It was a linebacker. Either though. place. Yeah. No, I don't know that I would linebacker. read too much into that. Defensive Foster. lineman. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's why I wanted to bring it up because I. It's, well it's said, a little odd to flip it. And then it not see the same type of setup. So, right. it is just throwing it out there, man. No, no, I mean it's a good I'm observation. Not, not it is. It is a good observation, and it's it is curious. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, but I don't know that I would make too much of it. But like you said, I mean, like we, you know, 
what you see on the grass, what you saw today, that's the most important stuff. When you see right. Rasheem Green move into defensive tackle, like that's real. When you see, like you said, as you said, they've got three down linemen instead of the typical four, and they have that extra person, you know, whether they're repping end-of-game scenarios, right, where you just can't give up the 40-yard pass. So that's why you have the three down linemen and you have the extra defensive back or the extra whatever back there. That, to me, is more real. So I would trust your eyes, what you saw on the grass, more than, like, whatever it says are listed on the piece of paper, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. He just the way he they the way they were rotating the players. I mean, literally, they'd have a defensive tackle and deep, deep, three defensive ends on the line. Sure. So it, it was it was it was just a little intriguing. You know, I'm to... going. He's got to be fitting these guys in to see what he's got. Where that's my you know what I'm looking at from what I see. So yeah, hundred percent. I just want to throw it out. That's there. real. That's real. They like they yeah. will want to do those things. Probably third and fifteens or whatever. They're going to want to see if they can get one of those extra defensive end pure pass rushers in to see if they can get a push from the interior of the pocket. You know, you take Andrew Billings out, you put one of those guys in to get that extra speed. Uh, mm-hmm. That's real. And they're a hundred percent trying to figure out what they got in these guys right now, because that, that's what this time of the year is for. So again, Foster, that's, that, that is a good observation. That's real. Um, and we'll see how that plays out now. In the preseason games, how that looks in more of a real game scenario, and then we'll see what the what the coaches do with it from there. Because now they're just the evaluating everything; they're evaluating yeah. everything right now. Now yeah. is the best time to experiment yeah. with things. Is right now, especially yeah. with joint practice yeah. against new blood. Yeah. Well, we yeah, I'm anxious to see what they do Saturday. Cool. Let's bring on cool. Swifty. I know Swifty wants to ask some questions to Alex. I'm sure before Alex <laughs> takes up. What's Me good, Swift guys? What's good? From, from Swift Sports, Alex. Thanks for joining us, Swifty. How's it going? How's it going? Good show. Good show so Swifty far. in the house. Foster, hey, long time no see. PJ, always a pleasure. Walter, <laughs> Shorty. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> nice to meet you, man. Seen you on uh, your show a hundred times, thousand times at least, probably. Nice oh, to meet I appreciate you, that. Man. It's a pleasure to meet you as well, Swifty. I appreciate I'm glad that, we're man. crossing paths here. Hey, I love it, man. That's why I I, I love uh, Shorty and what they do over here. I love promoting these guys, man. They they're good people and they uh they're real Bears fans and I love them, man. They're good guys. Totally. Thank you. We don't we don't try to like come on here and pretend like we know everything. We're not going to come come on here and try to pretend like we're going to break down film. We're just here to be fans and talk about the Bears and you know there's life that gets involved in that too. We end up talking about food and all kinds of different shit. It's just it's it's a fun show. It's it's a real life show. And it's nice to like see the smiles on the faces of our guests that come on and realize how much fun they're having. You know, seeing uh, Glenn spit on his his bourbon and stuff like that. That's that's what makes this show. I will say, you guys were talking about white hair earlier. It seemed they were wrapping his hand up. Um, okay. Don't know what happened exactly, but they were wrapping his hand up. So something with his hand. Hopefully, not a Lucas Patrick situation from last year. That's the only thing I'd be worried about. Right hand or left? I don't know. Yeah, they're not going to tell. Yeah. If they, I mean, I'm just saying, if you saw him wrapping up his hand, I wonder if you saw. I saw the report that they were wrapping up his hand. You oh, couldn't see oh. it. They took him right back in the trainer's room, and Doug pa- and Doug Kramer mm-hmm. came out. Um, couldn't see anything he was doing, but the report. I think it was Courtney Cronin said that she saw them wrapping his hand up. It's one of them. It was either her or 
Someone on Twitter said it. I saw it. I'm going to look up Courtney Cronin's Twitter right now. Let's see what she says. If it wasn't Cronin, it might have been Zach Pearson. Those are probably the only two people I really follow <laughs> or get constant updates from on there. It's one I of those guys. I think. both of them. Courtney yes. and Zach are both excellent reporters. So if they say it, I believe it to be true. Okay. Right hand injury. Oh, there it is. Per Courtney Cronin one hour ago. No update yet on Cody Whitehair, who has a right hand injury. That is obviously a little scarier. That's, yes. It's a snapping hand. I'm I'm ninety two percent certain. It is. Trying to I'm trying to call it into my mind. I don't want to say a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure that's a snapping hand. That's a snapping hand. Right. Yeah. Righty. Let me just say that Swifty and Alex has just broke some broke breaking news for us. So appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Hey, yeah, hey. Well, thank you, man. With an it's assist, not great. Cronin an yeah. hour ago at practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she hit us. Hey, she hit us. I, I didn't even see it, and I was there all day, and I didn't see nothing of it because it was. They must have done it. It must have been by the tent, man. Or were like, they, they, they just take him away. I mean, the only thing we'd see is Kramer being out there and White Hair not being out there. I mean, which now, is, am I correct? Luke Patrick is still out, correct? He is. Yeah. So that that's getting that's a little scary because. I know, I know Foster's saying he liked what he saw from Kramer, but I've seen him on the ground way too many times. <laughs> no, I, I said Cody, not Kramer. I said okay, white hair okay. today. I've seen Talking the about snap today. Looked okay. Okay. But, I mean, he's always <laughs> on the ground. He snaps the ball, That's... and then he ends up on the ground a lot. Yesterday, there was it... three or four times where immediately after snapping the ball, he's face down on the ground and defensive tackles just laying on top of him. And I'm like... Oh, there's Kramer again on the ground. I was like, In fact, I heard you say, oh, Kramer just got pancaked. Yeah, I did say that once or twice yesterday. That, yeah, it's, 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 it's on one of my one of the videos I sent, right, Short? Yeah. I didn't know Foster it's was recording. video we're going to show I later. I was, I was, dude, I started cracking up. It messed up my recording because you said pancake, and I'm just like, <laughs> you saw, I saw you him on the ground just... three times, though. Yeah, you were laughing your ass up at the end of that. It is his first action in the NFL, though. So he was a rookie last year. He missed the whole season on the IR. This is his first real action in the NFL. So I'm not overly worried, but with how the rest of our line is played and how good they look and how excited we all are for Justin Fields and everything, the last thing in the world I want is Doug Kramer to be starting week one against the Packers. That's a little scary, but... Hopefully he's just fine and they're just being uh, taking precautions with him. How would you feel if Doug Kramer was starting week one, Alex? Um, I need to watch more Doug Kramer, <laughs> to, to be honest. If, uh, you know, from what Swifty saw, no bueno. Uh, it seems like we are going to get a real good look at Doug Kramer on Saturday, though. So ask me on Sunday. Uh, because it seems like it, it's probably going to be a little bit of the Doug Kramer show. Yeah, that could be a reason why the starters aren't playing. If if whatever happened to Whitehair today keeps him out Saturday, there's no way Flus wants Justin Fields out there taking snaps from Justin or from Doug Kramer this week. Like, right? No need exactly. for that. Yeah, hundred so. percent. Yeah. Hopefully, we get to see a lot of him and Dieter Iceland, and hopefully, one of them stands out. That's that's the best case scenario. And then even if White hair, knock on wood. This is scaring me now. I'm scaring myself, guys. White hair is fine, okay? He's fine. He's just getting his hand wrapped up, okay? He's got a sore finger. That's it. 
<laughs> he just jammed his finger, guys. Yeah, it happens. You know how many times Good I jam my fingers? Yeah, they're yeah, they're crooked. They're crooked. Okay, it's it's been done. Not never broke one though, so it's okay. Steve Steve S and Chad is is saying Kramer is not strong enough. I know Steve S. Uh, he's a, one of my best friends, and uh, if not my best friends, okay, I'm sorry. He's my best friend. Sorry, Steve. But he's a huge Illini fan, and uh, he's he's been saying from day one he's not strong enough. And then he's saying he's fine if he's playing Toledo. <laughs> no Toledo in the NFL. Right. I mean, but I remember being either. excited because we drafted a you know a hometown kid, and he's like, no, the kid, he's not strong enough. Can't he's play undersized. And when when I watched him on tape last year, he's really smart. I mean, he was the center for Illinois for three straight years, made all the calls, got a lot of experience, never missed a game, and. His, his thing was he's a little undersized, so you wanted him to get a little bit bigger and see if he could hold up strength-wise in the NFL. And he got hurt, so we never got to see that. So now he's coming back from an injury and, and being undersized. It, it's a little scary for me. I mean, you hope that he comes back and just steps right into it, but it's definitely worrisome if that were to happen this year. We're taking snaps from Doug Kramer. I'd be scared. At that point, I'd want to look into free agency and bring in another center. But you can you're build strength who gets with cut, who gets waived. Yeah, you know the, the big cut day coming up, and there's already guys like Ben Jones out there as well. But it, that that's worst case scenario if Whitehair is not healthy. But that that's the good news though is they get a chance this weekend now with outfields out there. We're gonna get a lot of reps for Doug Kramer and Dieter Iceland, and hopefully, like I said, one of them stands out and has a great game. That's that's what we're hoping for this week. And Lucas Patrick can get back soon. Guys, I don't want to. I, I don't want to keep Alex too long. I know we had some some a bunch of questions start from uh, from chat. So let's get to some questions from chat for Alex. Uh, Doug Van Dorn is saying, "How do you how are you feeling about these days about O line depth? Does Jatari Carter's play against Tennessee ease your mind a little bit about it?" That is a great question because that was probably my number one concern uh, starting at the very beginning of training camp because. Larry Borum, I think, took a step back in this system, in the Greg, the Chris Morgan system and in the wide zone system. Uh, and he's looking like your swing tackle. And then, you know, we talk about Lucas Patrick and Jatiri Carter and Alex Leatherwood. One of those guys can emerge, but none of them to me is like reliable in the sense that they don't have a track record, right? Lucas Patrick was a total disaster at guard last year. Tyree Carter is like 30 career snaps, so it's hard to trust that guy. Um, and then Alex Leatherwood just has not ever been able to find a home at any position in the NFL. Now, it looks like he's finally stuck at left guard. And Mono I've seen some good things. To you, What's that? Mono will do that to you. Mono will do that to you. And I actually do think Alex Leatherwood's had some nice snaps in practice at left guard. And I do think, going back to the question about Tyree Carter's play at, uh, against Tennessee, I thought he looked really good on some of those screen passes that where now I'm seeing him out in space blocking downfield. Yep. Uh, and that looks solid. That looks like yes. really good. Yep. The pass pro. I want to see more because, you know, he wasn't going up against Jeffrey Simmons on that Titans defensive line. He was going against their backups because the Titans really held out a lot of their starters. So again, it's kind of hard to, to fully assess the pass pro there just because, we, we didn't see the Titans at their at their full strength. But seeing him moving out in space, 
as a lead blocker was encouraging. I still think to circle back how I'm feeling about the O-line depth these days, I still think the Bears could stand to add a piece or two on the offensive line going back to that cut day. You know, when when all the teams go from 90 to 53 all at once, there are going to be some surprising names out there. There are going to be some intriguing names, and I, I think the Bears could probably stand to add some more depth to that group, both outside and inside. That's the crazy thing. They have to go from, what, 90 what, down to 53 in one day? Yeah, they have 91 because they have Roy Mbateka, uh, the international player. And since they went through that international program, they get an extra slot. So they are at 91 guys. But, yeah, they got to go from 91 to 53 on August 29th, all in one fell swoop. Just like all the other teams. And then the good news there, though, is we do have that waiver priority. Yes. That's where if some surprise guys who are still on their first contract get cut, polls are going to be right there. But that's it's going to be tough because it's already when you're trying to narrow down the 53, there's some tight battles there. So it's going to be tough. But offensive line might be the spot to where it happens. That's a great call out. Especially what's on the, the interior. Yeah. What's the next question? Uh, so we got Alex, uh, chances that Roe. Uh, Roshan Johnson ends up running back two over Foreman game one. So slim. I'll give it a uh, 5% chance just because maybe 10%. I'll be 10% chance. Uh, It's taken Roshan Johnson quite some time to work in with the ones. And the impetus for him getting work with the ones was really Tristan Ebner getting hurt. We were seeing Tristan Ebner get significant situational snaps with the ones ahead of Roshan Johnson, which to me was surprising. Uh, we've just heard so much about how the Bears love him. He's a future cornerstone, this, that, and the other thing. Um, meanwhile, took him a while, took him a while to get those reps. I think Deonta Foreman, for my money, has actually been the most impressive running back at the training camp practices. Obviously, wow. Khalil Herbert had that awesome screen pass and he looks pretty effective um he was solid for his two series and then deonta foreman just did not have the splash plays that khalil herbert did in that preseason game but i think deonta foreman has shown surprising wiggle uh i I always thought of him as more of a power back you know uh maybe and again this this could just be me being wrong i thought of him as more of a north south guy i think he's been really elusive uh, we haven't seen a ton of pass catching previously, but he's been out there catching the ball. Uh, so I think there's a better chance that Deonta Foreman is your RB1 than Roshan Johnson ends up as your RB2. I agree with that. I think I think if Roshan wants to get on the field, it's going to be that third down, and that's where Ebner or Homer were probably battling it for because – they have superior pass blocking skills, and that's where Roshan can stand out, and that's where he subbed in for Ebner when Ebner got hurt, just like Alex said there. But the two main guys coming off on first and second down, it's going to be Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman for the majority of the season. And I'm, I'm even really high on Roshan, but fans need to calm a little bit down with him starting and being a three-down back when you have two established – like Khalil led the NFL in yards per carry last year. Deontay Foreman was second in the league in rushing from week seven on after Christian McCaffrey was uh, traded. So 
those guys were both top of the NFL in rushing last year. They're both battling for a starting job, and those guys are going to be involved. Smiling Cashies is saying, Alex, it really looks it's really looking like the Bears may keep five running backs. That'd be cool, but crazy. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um he'd have to be counting. I mean, the they'll they'll keep five running backs. Are we including Kari Blas in game? Does he count? Because if they do, yes, they'll get to five. Uh the way I still see it is the Bears keeping Khalil Herbert, Deonta Foreman, Roshan Johnson, and Travis Homer. Uh, because of what he brings on special teams. You know, the Bears need to replace some core special teamers that they lost last season. Uh, and I think Travis Homer can be one of those core special teams players. So I think he's set. Um, and even though Tristan Ebner has looked impressive in training camp at times, we've seen him juke out linebackers running arrow routes. They, they've run this arrow route to Tristan Ebner actually quite a bit. And it's looked good. Um, but I still think he had a road ahead of him to make the team. And I think the team was giving him opportunities to really fight for that job. And then now that he's hurt, so I don't know if he came back. Uh, again, I haven't been there the past couple of days. So I don't know if he came back, but he was hurt. He left that he left that preseason game early. He did not return. He was not at practice on Monday when the Bears were at House Hall. If that is an injury that keeps him off the practice field for an extended amount of time. I think his chances of making, making the team go down even more, but right now I just think Tresson Ebner is the odd man out. I agree. I agree. I, I never thought he looked as fast as he did in college either in the NFL. He just seemed to look like he slowed down a little bit for some reason. Yeah, I don't know if it was just the speed of the game, just rookie season, because in the open space, he's been good. And actually, Abner was pretty solid in special teams as well as a blocker. You know, and, uh, the blockers don't get a lot of love. But a couple of those Valus Jones returns at the end of the year. Remember, Valus Jones just all of a sudden became this great kick returner the, the kind of last quarter of the season. A lot of that was because Tristan Ebner was was <laughs> laying down some really nice blocks out in front. Um, so I guess I'm arguing against myself here and I, I'm not trying, I'm not just trying to, to be down. I'm not trying to put down trust in Ebner. It's just kind of, when you look at the math, when you look around the team, I think they could benefit keeping an extra defensive back an extra defensive lineman. Like if it's me, I'm keeping Travis Gibson over trust in Ebner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, yeah, if Edner wants to win the job, I think you nailed it. He has to beat out uh, Travis Homer. Like they're they're not going to keep five halfbacks. So right. the the fourth guy, if they keep a, they could potentially only keep three and a fullback. But good chance they keep four. They did it last year. So five running backs total if you count the fullback. But Ebner and Homer, they're not both making the roster. I don't see any chance of that happening. Me either. And. And Homer Homer looked decent today. Run they had him running the ball a few times, man. He looked decent. He did. The thing Ebner has going of, not for a him lot is, of touches. Yeah. The only thing he has going for him is he's a full draft there. So there you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's not like he was a high draft pick. Yeah, yeah. Know? Definitely yeah. not a high draft yeah. pick, but I mean it, it's when it comes down to him or Travis Homer, it's gonna be who's who's the better better special teams guy and 
Homer is established, but like you said, Ebner was surprisingly pretty good for a rookie last year. So I, I do think there's a competition there. I, I don't want to write Ebner off yet because, um, I mean, Homer is – his skill that's been really good in the NFL has been pass blocking along with the special teams. If Roshan can improve enough that they're comfortable with him as a third-down pass blocker, I think mm-hmm. that could open the door for Ebner, but you're probably right there. Homer's probably going to win the job. Jeremy Mundo says, how does Alex feel about pancakes? That's an inside joke. You don't have to answer it. <laughs> I'll answer it. I love pancakes. Offensive line blocks and the delicious breakfast treat. Butter and syrup. Hey! Give me the I like triple stack. It's got to be a stack of three with butter in between each. Yes. Syrup drizzled all over. If it's blueberry pancakes, Oof. extra points. I had a blueberry over chocolate chips. That's a hot take. Blueberry over chocolate chips. I'm with that. Blueberry (laughs) over the chocolate chips. Blueberry. Blueberry. Swifty and I were talking about blueberry pancakes yesterday. I told him, I was like, I like blueberry pancakes. And he's like, I eat like, I eat blueberries every day. And I was like, all right, Foster. Every day, man. Every morning. His his mother made these pancakes. They were the best pancakes I've ever had in my life. They were like super thin and about three quarters of a, of an uh, three quarters of an inch all around the entire edge was like crispy almost like a cookie oh okay okay oh Ooh. they were so good I, I don't know how she did it but man they were and good. then soft and moist in the middle right yeah yeah they were amazing but crispy on the outside with that with the syrup and the butter oh it's good stuff what's we the next up on food yeah get <laughs> off the food get off the food what i tell you we always <laughs> what's the next question for alex before we uh before we let him leave, because I'm sure he's tired of talking to us. <laughs> I'm not I tired know. of talking to you guys, but... You are tired. I might just be tired. <laughs> I know just, what you're saying. Not tired of talking to you guys, but maybe just a little tired, period. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's What's the next pancakes. question, buddy? It doesn't look like there's a next question. Did we oh, lose there's him? one more. It's from Joe. Joe Mandel. There we go. Look, he's running your show as producer. I think... I think <laughs> I thought I well, right. I can I can look at the good. chat. We, I can, it's okay. We finally got one. I I actually yeah, out of the chat a few minutes ago. I don't know what happened. Said, uh, there um, it is. Bam. Alex says he plays fantasy. Besides Fields and more, does he see Khalil Herbert as a workhorse back? Could he be a great mid-round value? I am staying away from the Bears' backfield in fantasy. So again, I know I said I have this rule. I don't draft Bears because I don't want it to affect my coverage. If I'm throwing that out the window, you know, and I am going to draft Bears, probably the only two guys that I would draft are Justin Fields and DJ Moore. Um, I'll throw one more sleeper out there at the end, but I just see this being more of a three-headed back. Kind of exactly what Swifty was saying, right? I think Deontay Foreman, if he's got the hot hand, he could be the dude. Khalil Herbert, we know he's capable of breaking off plays. And I do think some third down, some third back is going to get a little bit of play. But I think it's going to be too much of an RBBC uh, to really play either guy in fantasy or to feel good about playing them in fantasy. Um, Because it it could be one of those things where it's like, okay, you have Khalil Herbert in the lineup and that's the week he only gets eight touches and doesn't do much with him. So you take him out and then the very next week, you know, that's when Khalil Herbert gets the 16 touches and he's got the two touchdowns. That would be frustrating for me, so I'm avoiding it. If you're looking for, and this is now late round value, Chase Claypool. 
in my opinion. Ooh. You talked about it at the top of the show about how he's been really impressive at camp. Uh, in my opinion, when DJ Moore gets the blanket coverage from defenses, I think Justin Fields is going to be looking to chase Claypool first. Yeah. Uh, to me, he's looked way more physical this year than he did last year. Like he's really using his body to box dudes out. Fields has really looked his way and not only looked his way, but like decisively looked his way in the red zone. Justin Fields has been feeding Chase Claypool in the red zone. They've come away with a lot of touchdowns. If he can stay healthy, uh, I see him as a clear number two just right now, you know, again, on August 17th. Uh, I see him as a clear number two and, and, a, and a guy who can who can maybe score some touchdowns for this team. You know, and he's he's going at the end of fantasy drafts. You could probably get him with your last pick in a lot, unless you're drafting with all Bears fans, then maybe not. But you can get him really late. And I, I love what you said about the running backs too. Unless unless you're in a best ball where you just draft, you can draft both of them, and it'll put whoever has the better week in there. It's going to be a headache because I think each guy there's going to be weeks where Roshan Johnson even might have the best score, but it's going to most of the time. It's, they're going to go hot hand. Like Herbie will probably get a couple care uh, series. Deontay Foreman could get some series. And if Foreman is more successful, Eberflus and Getzi might just ride with him. It'll be tough to predict. That's always we got scary a in fantasy. We got a $2 super chat from Ghost of the Judah, Ghost of Judah Tribe. Real Bears fans in here. Bear down. Monsters are back. Thanks. Thank you, Ghost of Judah Tribe. Thank you very much, man. There's, there's another one from Retro here saying, back to you, Foster, even Gacy has standards. So I want to get to that. Thank you, Retro. And I think this is the final question for you, Alex. Who's going to be the starting punt and kick returner uh, game one versus the Packers? Wow. Great question. Uh, at first, I was very confident it was going to be Valus Jones for both. That muffed punt. And then, honestly, letting a punt hit the ground before that, which you just can't do. Yeah. That complicates things. Now, Eberflus did explain it a little bit and said they were preparing for this punter just boom kicks, and then all of a sudden the kicks were coming up short, so Velas had to run farther. But still, I mean, it's it's not really an excuse, to be honest, uh, as long as, you know, in my opinion, in the moment the, the ball hits the ground and the defenders are in front of him, there's just no way Velas should be trying to handle the ball he knows that. Everybody knows that, right? Um, I still think it might be Valus Jones week one, especially if he tightens it up. If that is the one big mistake he makes over the next two weeks, and if he continues to tighten it up during practice, I think Valus is the guy. He's probably got one more mistake in him, though. If, if, there's, if there's one more mistake, then I'm looking at Tyler Scott uh, taking over. Dante Pettis, of course, as well. But Pettis, you know, he's in that ramp up since he missed so much time on the NFI list. But Tyler Scott's gotten a lot of run with the punt returners. It's something he never did in college, interestingly. So we'll see how quickly they can get Tyler Scott up to speed. Um, in practice, I think Velas has looked better as the punt returner. But again, practice doesn't mean anything if you keep making mistakes when the lights come on. That's the ultimate X factor. Very true. So Very true. my hip check, my gut check right now is that it is still going to be Valus, but you got to imagine that leash is awfully short. What if they just pull punt return duties from him and make him a wide receiver and a kick returner? 
then I think Vales Jones could be really effective. But they want they want him to be out there for punt returns, you know. Right. They really want. They need the dub, the multiple position uh, versatility from him. Right. Exactly. I think that's what makes him the absolutely most valuable to this team. I think they want him to be incredibly valuable valuable to this team right they want to they want him to succeed they're going to give him many opportunities to succeed um it we'll see it, it might end up we might be you know again next week we might be talking about Valus jones only being a kick returner and a wide receiver right or he'll he'll return a punt for 60 yards and be like oh he's got the job <laughs> that's the thing when he does have the ball in his hands in space he's really good yes it's it's well, the I mental mistakes that are fear you know it's frustrating it's got to be very frustrating because you see the playmaking ability you see the athleticism it's just some of the mental errors yeah understandable like i mean i wouldn't want to feel the punt in the nfl i'd much rather feel the kick than a punt oh yeah i know that much oh, you yeah. wouldn't want to feel the punt in college you wouldn't be able to do it I don't want to do it in high school. I just don't want to do it, period. No, <laughs> not even in high really school. scary. <laughs> Take returns fine. It, I mean, I played ages ago, man. It's so long ago, Alex. We ran the T formation when I played. I'm not kidding you. That's what I ran for three seasons, dude. Love and it. punt returning was the hardest position that I ever played, and I played a bunch of them. I just – that is the toughest job, man. That is tough. And he yeah, played softball until he was like 40. I do have one question. That was, one last, more question. That was last century, man. Before you leave, I have one more question for you, Alex. What about bringing back the T formation, huh? Let's just say we <laughs> everything is gearing towards the passing game now, right? So what, we just stock up on running backs and just put three of them in the backfield. You know, we can get blazing game with a couple of good running backs there. You know, let's say Roshan and and um, Herbert. And let's just run Too the T formation again. I love it. Hey, the Bears did we'll it. They brought run, back. We'll even run two fullbacks. What was it, 2020? Whatever the 100th Net. year of the Bears was, they came was out. Net first season, his first play of his career. Was the Sorry. formation. Sorry, I just screwed that up. Are you on that, Walt? I can get to it. What's that? You're not allowed to say Nagy's I'm name. I'm not even going to get into that. That's I have zero thought. But it was his first game. Oh, is this... that he who shall not be named? Yeah, that's what happens <laughs> when, you say, when you say his name around here. It was the first play of his first season yeah. as coach. It was, yeah, he brought up Packers. It was the T formation. I was like... I love this. I didn't think it was going to stick, but, you know, somehow I had hope for it. Do you want to – I want to see never no happen. joke. And we do see it a little bit. The I-form. I'm glad that yeah. the I-form is back to a degree. Power football. Yeah. Because I yeah. do think yep. there is a place in today's NFL for power football once again as teams try to get speedier and smaller, right? Mm -hmm. the, the smaller guys who can run sideline to sideline real quick – I would not be surprised if there is a little shift back to that power football. I mean, we see the Titans do it with Derrick Henry, and mm -hmm. Derrick Henry pretty darn good at doing it. So I'm with it. Bring back the running back. Yes, and that, to do that, you bring back the T formation. <laughs> sure, yes, absolutely. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. You have my vote. Excellent. Alex, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you very much for taking out your time and your busy schedule. We would love to have you on again. I'll, yeah, no, I'd love to come back. Thank you so much for having me. Shorty, PJ Foster, Walt, Swift, it's been a, a pleasure meeting you as well. And the and the guys were out here before uh, when we did the other handoff. It was a lot of fun. I had a great time. So, yeah, thanks again for having me. 
Yeah, honor we'll, meeting you, Alex. Definitely, as we get into Thank the season, you, it'd be great to have you on again and talk some real football as the season is going on. We'd love that. Sounds great, man. Sounds great. Before you go, can I get Stay a safe. quick? Um, you down with BCP? Don't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> no, you down with BCP? Yeah, you know me. Yes. I got to add it to the opener. Do it all the way. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. Like have it. a wonderful rest of your night. Thank you. I the BS time is is coming up next. Is that what I heard? It's, Shoot the shit. Yeah. Shoot the shit. All right. Well, oh, you guys wow. have a great time shooting the shit. It's been a pleasure once again. Thanks for having me. Be well, fellas. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Peace. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, thanks for coming on. And it's time for. Oh, you! I ran it. We're bringing shoot the shit back again. Sorry, Walt. I fucked that up. I didn't That's all right. I got yeah, you did. It. I didn't hear no, no music, man. It should have said, let's shoot the shit. Let's shoot the <laughs> shit. There you go. All right. Let's talk about this Bears training camp then. What happened? All right. We've got well, Steve I got to say two things before background. you say anything, Swifty. Because last week or two weeks ago when I was talking about getting more offensive line depth, people were shooting my ass down. I said specifically a tackle on top of it. Who was shooting you down? And then I was going to tell Alex this, but I still think by the – I think I said eighth or tenth week, and I said this to you yesterday, Swifty, Roshan's going to be the three-down back, and they'll trade one of those guys if they're not injured. Watch. I'm done with my rant for the day. He's got faith in it. I mean, I like Roshan. You guys – I think everybody knows I like Roshan, but I just – I think I know people are uh, – in the NFL, Over. I mean – when you got a guy like Deontay Foreman or Khalil Herbert, you, you guys know how guys don't like to pay running backs. They they got Khalil Herbert for two more years. They got Deontay Foreman for one year. They're going to give those guys carries. They're going to run the ball. I don't see anyone on this team being a three-down back. I think all three of them are good enough to be a three-down back, but that's just it. We got three of them. Why would you use just one? when you can keep rotating them and keep them fresh. That's what the NFL is moving to towards. I think that's what Getsy likes. And you have guys with certain skill sets. Who's the best at picking up the short yardage? Who's the best at pass blocking and catching the ball out of the backfield? There's a lot of different things that go into it. So I just don't see anyone taking the job and just locking it down all season. That's not going to happen. I, I agree with you, but I, I'm stating this. It's going to depend on their record and injuries. And I just – somebody's going to get hurt because it happens every year, man. I hope I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, running, and that's the thing. Running back. That, that's, 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 that's my whole basis reason. of saying it. That's my whole basis for it because it just so what think happens. Herbert, in you it, think Herbert and Foreman are going to be hurt? Is that, is that what you're saying? He's going to be forced no, to be the no, three-down I, I, I wouldn't. My, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them guys got hurt because it happens. Oh, yeah, I mean – so I mean, the door opens, and then the other thing the is the other thing is wait, Swifty, what's their record in week nine or ten? That that's going to be a factor too in what I'm talking about. If it's a good record, then and they're both healthy, then you're absolutely right, man. He's going to get those spots when they put him in on whatever down it's going to be because they they still got Homer too, and Homer looked pretty good today, man. From the welcome little to the, the six or five or six reps that I saw, man. Zim, 
the raging freaking Bears fan, Zim, Zim, Steve Zim Zimmerman. I think that's what I said about you last week, man. On a promo <laughs> for this dude. That's me. <laughs> that's you. Where you find me on Twitter for you know sure, Swifty? raging bear fan. <laughs> you know Swifty? You guys know each other or no? I know of Swifty. I've not met him. Yeah, I, I saw you on the show earlier. I think that was my first time seeing you. Nice <laughs> to meet you too, brother. Uh, what yeah. you said? What's your Twitter? The Raging Bear Fan. Raging Bear Fan and Raging Sox Fan, depending on which kind of content you want to follow. <laughs> oh, so you got two of them? Okay, okay. I so got two like, of them. I got one for Bears, <laughs> one for Sox. So you just rage on whichever team? Yeah, man. It's all about just getting you. mad and letting <laughs> off steam. And not like what Twitter's it. for. It's just a big. Yeah, angry that's what I use it for. I mean, yeah. That's a, everybody knows that. Yeah. <laughs> just a raging cesspool. <laughs> that's what it is, man. That's Twitter in a nutshell. He, yeah, he kills that. Is, yeah. I try to like be. I, I I really try not to rage on Twitter. I I try to like anytime somebody comes at me, I always try to like just like diffuse them and. When yeah, I joined to... Twitter, I thought that's what it was for, man. You just dunk on people. And then <laughs> yeah. a couple years later now, and I realized, like, I've met people. Like, I talked to Greg Braggs um, in the DM a few weeks back. And I think Greg thought I was just this guy that was always mad and screaming. He's like, oh, <laughs> not that mad. I was like, what? He's like, you're always screaming at people on Twitter. I was like, I'm not screaming. I do use caps occasionally, but I'm not really screaming. <laughs> I just followed you, Zim. Raging Bear Fan. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'll be back in just a second. Yep. All right. No sweat. Yeah, I got to give him a follow, too, while we're doing that. I like Raging Bear fans. Ah, me, too. He's nuts, man. I've been watching. I've been watching. I'm not. I wasn't even. A, okay, I, I follow the Sox, but I'm not like a big Sox fan. I am a Cubs fan. But I've always followed both the baseball teams because baseball was one of my loves. So okay, I started okay. watching these guys, and I just got hooked on the show and the insanity. And I'm talking about Vinny, Zim, and Joe. And they're really nice guys, man, on top of it. Go figure. And they do a heck of a show. They do a great show with the the White Sox, especially all the crap they've been going through this year, man. I'm so disappointed in that team. But that's a different show for a Monday night. (laughs) What, the White Sox? Oh, yeah. Yeah. just hey, they just swept the man. Cubs, so I mean that's what everybody's hyped on now. But yeah, no, they didn't. No, baseball's they didn't. done, bro. We hit, it's over. No, we got a three-run homer in the, in the ninth inning last night and won that's that right, game with the right, walk-off right. homer. I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember. They didn't lose it. <laughs> they they celebrated the, like they won the replay. World Series. It was it was kind of crazy. <laughs> Huge game. Huge game. I, I never been into the Sox and Cubs hate. I, I watched both of them as a kid. I remember Frank Thomas. I remember Sammy Sosa. I remember Ryan Sandberg. Like I watched both of them as a kid growing up. I remember the calls, the have no fear, one dog is here. Good guys mm. win. So I mean it goes both and then Cubs win. You gotta love it both ways, but football's yeah. better. That's all that matters. <laughs> well, it, it used to be it used to be a brutal thing in the seventies and early eighties, dude, with them too. I mean, I'd go to Comiskey and there'd be fights. There'd be fights between Cubs and Sox fans. I'm not kidding you, man. It was bad. And I never understood that because it's you root for your city, man. We all live here together. We shouldn't be fighting each other. We got New York and LA trying to fuck us at every corner, man. That's Sorry. Save that running off, man. Running off. Cardinal now I'm raging like Zim. That's why they can't put another another Chicago football team in the city. Bring the Cardinals back. 
<laughs> now, see, I might. I, I don't know if I'd feel the same if they brought another football team. Like, I might be like, wait a minute, who are these? Mo-? Nah, you know what? If if they put them in the AFC, and we never yep. have to play them, like, might be a second team. You know, when the if, if Bears lose that week, you're like, all right, let's put on some, call them the Cubs or something. And it's like, all right, well, you, we'll you know the the, the Cardinals from 1920. One or something like that, maybe even 1920 to 1960, played at Comiskey. They were like the Sox. They were the South Side team in Chicago, and the Bears played at Wrigley. They were the North Side team, man. And it was dependent. It just depended on where you live. When I was a kid, man, I never saw White Sox stuff in my neighborhood. Very seldom. There was me and maybe five or six other guys. But like, if people had stuff like that hanging on their house, it would get ripped off or ruined. They were just. It was just insane, man. What neighborhood did you live in, Foster? No. The north, the north. Oh, that's right, side with Gacy. Chicago. That's right. You were living next door to Gacy. Yes. That's why. Yeah, that. Gacy's. Yeah. <laughs> right down the block, man. Damn. I'm trying to find was, the video. It's a good thing I was I, a little young there. I'm trying to find the video that you of all the that I made of all the clips you took for this for the when you were at training camp today, Foster. So I can't find it. So now I'm waiting for it to re-download because I I don't know what the hell happened to it. Talking so retro of the videos that you put on Twitter already. You mean that one? No, I, I no, actually I, made I, I actually I, put it on the channel, oh, but okay. I want to replay it on here. It's about three minutes of joint practice, just from Foster's perspective. It's, it's almost almost everything that I got from yesterday, Swifty. I caught it. I caught it because I had to send it. I was like, that's definitely not everything. <laughs> No, I recorded so much stuff. I got it here. Hold on. I used about 50. I left the sound in from you guys. So you got to hear the end of this, 50. I know. This this is uh, Foster hanging out today at, or yesterday at uh, joint training camp. Met up with Swifty there, and this is all of Foster's videos kind of put together. We kind of talk about it as as it plays. I hear him talking about his autofocus. <laughs> yeah, my autofocus. <laughs> it's almost funny just to listen to the, some of the people talk in the crowd, too. Yeah, I'm always just sitting there minding my business, and Foster's always talking to someone. <laughs> <laughs> I got, man, I got all those, got all the kids involved in it, man. Yesterday, you're talking to the kids. kids. You're like, yeah, you're like, my name's Foster. <laughs> At one point here. <laughs> But yeah, good stuff here, man. Just being able to see what's kind of going on in training camp. Nice seats, too, by the way. Bro, where it's at out there, like, you see how it's surrounded by trees? Like, yeah. It's like the field of dreams out there. Like, there's just at least 15 fields and trees and nothing else. You can see the sunset. Like, it's it's gorgeous. It, oh, wow, it's, nice. it's phenomenal. Swifty, this morning I went around all of it because – the Pacers practice facilities there. There's oh, soccer fields, ball fields. It's 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 five times what we saw yesterday, Swifty. Okay. It's like three neighborhoods of just stuff for the for for this. It, it was amazing, man. Jay Grizz is saying that's a video, and then I forgot to go back to it. But he's saying that's some damn good videography, Foster. Why? Thank you. If I had. Something better than a cell phone, God knows, because I actually 
looked at it and went, I kind of did okay, man. For, for, I'm holding in my hand. I'm holding, I'm holding myself up my hand talking to people half the time I'm doing this. I kid you not. Ask Swifty, dude. <laughs> Bro, Foster. We're, we're in a this, restaurant. Okay. And I'm grabbing people out of the bathroom and saying, you got to follow this guy. <laughs> Foster goes to the bathroom. I'm sitting there. I'm sipping on my Dr. Pepper. He comes out of the bathroom with another Bears fan. Just some guy walking to the exit. He walks all the way to the exit with him, talking about it. And I hear him as he goes by the table. This is Foster. Yeah, Swift Sports Network. You heard of that, right? He's winking at me. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, in BCP, we got people like you come on there. He's like, you want to come talk to us? You can talk to us. I'm, I'll remember you. If a dude's if a dude Zach hops on here and he says, Hey, I met you at the restaurant in Indianapolis, that's the only guy it could be. Fucking Joe. Joe Mantle. Foster, serious question. How did Justin Fields balls taste? You son of a gun, man. Oh, there's a good there's a good point here. Uh, somebody says to you, uh, I hear in the background, they go, is this all out every time? And then the guy next, next to him goes, uh. Well, there's never, I mean, we don't practice with them every year. So, like, oh, wait. Like, you, you got you got to listen to this part, Swifty. Here, here. Okay, okay. Top. Walker back to pass. Pressure. He's running. He takes it. He's got out of bounds at about the penalty. Oh, leather Ooh. Okay, Dieter. Oh, look, Kramer just got pancake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you see him though? Like, <laughs> yeah. I... Oh, Kramer just got pancaked, and then Foster is just dying laughing. There, listen. I think it's done now. I mean, Alex Shapiro said he loves pancakes, but the biggest one was Ryan. They they asked Ryan Poles about it yesterday. He was on Hogan Johns, and they asked him. Hogan Johns asked Ryan Poles about Darnell Wright's pancakes, and he literally said it's one of the reasons he drafted him. I was like, oh, there's our fucking GM for you, boys. <laughs> yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it like a man. Let's listen again here. Okay, Dieter. Oh, look, Kramer just got. Do you see him though? Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. You, you want to Got to get any time at center. <laughs> Wait, I'm I'm gonna pull the rest of that video up because literally the phone flips and I start cracking up, man. I'm like, and I told I don't know if you remember Swifty. I told him I said, dude. It just messed up the whole end of the film, man. That's why I had to cut it out. Because you weren't going to see anything else. Because the I think you end up seeing my leg and shit after that when he said that. Because I was he was sitting like right in my ear when when he said that. We're sitting on his bench, like in the second to the top row from the bottom at like the forty yard line, and there's no place really to sit. And he's like right in my ear when he says it, and I just started cracking up, man. I'm lucky I got to finish the part of the film that I finished, man. Because as soon as he said pancake, I was losing it. <laughs> Crazy, man. You're just dying laughing at the end of that. It, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was, I tell you, Swifty, I had such a fun day with you yesterday. I know we didn't like sit there all the time and stuff, but it was it was just awesome, man. I won't forget that. Fucking as long as the memories were. We got to hang out again soon, brother. Yep. They, we got to do something. I never got a picture with you, damn it. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I got I got a video. I mean I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. I can send you that. Send me that if you want, if it's okay. I will. I will. Cool. Foster reminiscing over there getting sad. He's like, we didn't take a picture, Swifty. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. We'll see you again soon, Foster. We got to do some more stuff. Season's starting up. Don't worry, man. Absolutely, man. That's a good finish. What's up, Raging Bear fan? How's it going, guys? That is. <laughs> I tell you what, I love the pancakes. I love them. I love this guy now. See, <laughs> another guy that loves pancakes. Who the fuck doesn't love pancakes? I, mean, I, love pancakes. I, was, really, I was so happy with uh, Alex Shapiro's answer to that question because that's about what I said, man. I said, yeah, both kinds, man. I even love the syrup and the blueberries or some shit like that. You got to put butter in. It's, some, it's somewhere on Twitter or something. I put it somewhere, man. There was a comment. It might even be on that network I might have wrote. I don't even remember. But it's out there. Some good uh, footage. You guys, you guys did hear that Fields isn't playing Saturday, right? Yeah. 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 I didn't hear if you guys heard that or not. It's a good thing. I, I have got a ton. To, uh, we got a ton of reps today, Swifty. Yeah. The board had them scoring twelve touchdowns. The Bears today, seven on That's seven nice. drills. Yeah. Here's the weird thing, though, is like Fields. They say, and I'm on both sides of this. I'm honestly torn. So they say Fields is getting plenty of reps against the first team of Indianapolis defense, so that's why he's not playing. But at the same time, uh, Pat Mahomes is playing a much worse team in the Cardinals. They've been practicing with them all week, and yet he's still expected to get at minimum two series next uh, next preseason game. And, like, I agree with both passes, the problem. Like, it's, it's such a wait-and-see sort of process. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it, man. I I was hoping they'd play him 15, 20 plays this this game early in the game. Get the team on in. But I was hoping we'd see him into the second quarter. But I, I just don't think I didn't see him doing that. I I literally because how many reps did he get last week? He, he didn't get shit in that game. But I was just literally I was talking about it today with somebody, and they're like. Oh yeah, he should get more than that. Don't they should play him the whole first quarter? I'm like, they're not going to do it. And then, then I I get on here and I find out he's not even playing because I didn't know that till till you guys mentioned it. So I was disappointed with that. But oh yeah, you were. I'm not. The, I'm not the coach. I just think he needs more reps, more real game time in this offense. The more, the better, because he's only he's only got so much time in it, and half of that shit last year he's running for his life. You can't call that plane in the system if you're running for your life every time. I think part of the problem right now is how bad PJ Walker has played and the expectations. Yeah. I, I know we're still there's not a lot of expectations placed on us, but this town is buzzing. Like fans yep. know we're we're hyped. You you don't talk to too many fans that aren't hyped about this team right now. And if something happened to Fields in preseason. People would go fucking nuts. You, you guys know how Chicago people are. Like, why was he out there anyway? I mean, he does need reps. It's true. But at the same time, at this point, and he played so well this week in practice, like, give him the week off and then reevaluate it next week. Maybe they, get, maybe they play him a quarter in Buffalo. Maybe they don't. Maybe they've seen enough that, hey, let's keep this guy on ice. Let's get him bubble wrapped until the preseason. 
but he's still out there taking practice. I mean, you saw he took hits in practice both the last two days. So, I mean, it's not like he's just not getting any kind of contact or anything, but you don't – injuries are freak things, and you don't want something <laughs> stupid to happen right now. I was worried that he got hurt yesterday, man, that when the guy – when the dude took out his knee, remember that, Swifty? Yeah. I watched the play a few times on slow-mo. <laughs> Because he, like, he came up gimping just for a second, man. It looked like the helmet hit him was in the okay, shin. It wasn't like, the knee. It was it looked like when I slowed it down, it looked like it was his chin. So more of just like a stinger, you know, probably. Thank thank goodness, because I mean, from where I from where we were sitting, man, it looked like almost looked like his helmet hit it, dude. Yeah, and that's where it's it, it can be scary, and that's what I'm saying. He, he might have saw that and just been like, you know what? Yeah, we don't need him on Saturday. Right. Right. Especially with it PJ was scary. Probably six he, interceptions the he, last two days. He, he he had some good reps today, man. I didn't catch all of them because I was watching more of the defense because I thought I was going to be there when the offense switched, but it, it didn't work out the way I anticipated, uh, like everything else. Yeah. <laughs> well, I missed, I literally missed the best up? hour of practice, dude, <laughs> today. Is there, is there, there we go. Jack and PJ's, is there? PJ, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> She's soaking it in. Yeah, he's just soaking it in, man. He's just soaking it in today. So, he's soaking it in and he's waiting for the right moment because you know PJ, man. Oh, he's sitting around exactly. waiting for the right he's moment. putting together a 20 part question in his head right now for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I'm just thinking about There we go. going to be seven tickets, actually. <laughs> what seven tickets? Is he talking about? Man, man, jeez. You know what? Hey, you want to know what's real funny? I didn't even use that ticket, Swifty. Oh, you didn't? No, because I went. I went. And it wouldn't come up on my phone. So I, I, I ran into these other two guys from Chicago, and we're standing here talking. He's like, "Here, I got two extra. Just take one of mine." Oh, and then about God. five minutes later, it came up on my phone, man. <laughs> That's so <laughs> awful, oh, man. God. Like, poor PJ. Since the moment that 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 dropped in the show, he was like, "Wait, wait a minute. Are you saying that Justin Fields is not playing tomorrow? Playing this weekend?" And now, from that moment on, he's just been like this. Yeah. Well, dude, dude, you should go talk to polls. See if we'll put him in a few reps just for you. We know Man. you got that connection. Oh, that was PJ wants <laughs> wants builds to play this week. He's going yeah. to the game. He's going. Oh, he's that's gonna be, right. Remember? He's gonna be there. Oh, what other reason is there to go to Indianapolis? He bought oh, exactly. grandkids to go and watch nothing. You might as well go into the practice. He's sitting Anthony Richardson. What do you mean? Yeah. And Javon Dexter. He's like, yeah. Oh, oh PJ said, dang. Yeah. Should have been in practice with us, man. Dang it. I agree. I should have went to practice. Anthony Richards is pretty slick, man. Yeah, Richards he ran the ball a few slick, times bro. today. He he is gonna that, be that something. One, it might take a bit. There was one pass in there you saw in the video you made. Looked like a I like how he throws the ball. It looks like he could be something. Uh, dude, he's gonna be something. It's poor it's, it's just a, it's, so well, he's got he's, he's got all the tools. It's just a matter of getting the reps and learning the shit. I, I believe. Yeah. 
he 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 made some slick shit today, man, on two plays. I lost him. I got it on film. I lost him, and then the next thing I know, he's seven yards downfield up the left sideline. I'm going, what the fuck? He was in a pile. <laughs> we got to give Sorry. Phil autographs some stuff for PJ's grandkids. <laughs> oh man, no kidding. We gotta, yeah, we gotta, we gotta contact the Bears and be like, hey, you know, this is unfair. It's still gonna be a good. T- I mean, honestly, PJ, if he would have played, it would have only been a series or two anyway. So well, he yeah. was thinking it was, it was gonna be the game that they played in the th- into the third quarter, like you know, yeah. the third game of the, the you know five years ago. Yeah, I don't yeah. See that PJ, I, I hope. No, I hope. Hey, PJ, I, I hope they do the shit they've been doing with the defensive alignment the last two days, because it's not what we all expect there remember a couple plays yesterday swifty i think you were sitting there naming it was like oh we got yeah we have Rasheem green yeah we had like three pass rushes like i mean right the marcus walker around a little bit billings was out yeah and i've never seen Rasheem green in a d tackle like that it was it was interesting look for sure i I thought if anybody's going to move inside it'd be like demarcus walker or Maybe Travis Gibson, but seeing Rasheem in there was different. Like I was just sitting there looking at the line. It was like D Rob. Um yeah. Billings, Rasheem. I think. Well, no, D Rob, Billings, Rasheem, and then Travis. And I was just like, What? That's odd. It's an odd front, but it works. See, no, there there was there uh, there's there's another one in there. I gotta go back and look at my my video where it was Rasheem. And T. Lewis, Terrell Lewis. Pickens, Pickens, and and I don't even remember. I don't know if you remember because we could, I couldn't get the last guy's number. But it had to be it had to be I three pass rushers. Yeah. We had, we had one a, on each end and one on the line. There's a question from Bushhog and Chad here. I, I would like you to answer, Steve. How many ends do we keep? Who gets cut? Five. It's a lot, but I think they keep five, especially if any of these guys can play inside and out. Um, Bro, he did that already. <laughs> I think about these things. I, I got some downtime during my days. <laughs> uh, Bush, I think Bush, they keep. Bush Hogg and, is his other handle, dude. <laughs> I think they keep Ngakwe, um, Walker, Raging and Bush Hogg. Uh Robinson, and so sorry, Ngakwe, Walker, Robinson, um, Rasheem Green, and then that last the spot I threw Lewis. Probably actually, I think Gibson could beat out Terrell Lewis. Yeah, I think Gibson I really might be do. ahead of him right now. The only reason I think, I think he you is. pick one over the other is just because of homegrown talent versus the guy you brought in. I think that's kind of the edge there. I personally the edge edge. think Rasheem Green could be in trouble. But with them moving him, and if he can play inside at tackle as well, it could right. it could increase his versatility there. But Gibson and Lewis, to me, have clearly both outplayed Rasheem Green, but Rasheem Green is still yeah. lining up ahead of them. He's coming out there with yeah. the ones when Ngakwe and Demarcus Walker aren't there. So I, I don't know. There's going to be a tough decision to make there. I haven't been super impressed with Rasheem Green, but – it, there's going to be a tough cut there for sure. It's going to be hard. I think once Walker is actually healthy, you'll see him move to the inside a lot more over Green, and then Green can become expendable. I would like that. Yeah, if you can keep, if you can find a way to keep Travis and Terrell Lewis yeah. 
And, and the other thing yeah. is, I, I didn't know this. Uh, I found this out um, earlier today, actually. Um, I was listening to an interview on something, and Terrell Lewis and um, Travis Gibson are good friends. Like, yeah. They're good buddies. Was it Alex mm-hmm. Shapiro who said that? Was it that recently, or was yeah, it? Yeah, that was Alex. Okay, I wasn't sure. I was for at first. I thought it might have been Alex <laughs> who said that, and then I was like, no, nah, that was earlier today. And then I was like, oh wait, yeah, it was Alex. Okay, yeah, but T. Lewis like- and Gibson are good buddies, and I like them both a lot. They're both good pass rushers. Right. Travis is Me better too. against the run. T. Lewis isn't really a run stop stopper, but you need pass uh-huh. rushers like that. So I like yep. them. Rasheem Green is just. So far, a guy who can stop the run but doesn't do much as a pass rusher most of the time. And, so I, I, think, and I think that's why they were sticking yeah. him on the line, Shorty. I mean, to see Swifty yeah. to see, like, like you brought up, man. The, the, give me options. Give me options, man. Versatility. Then I can mm-hmm. work with it. But mm-hmm. you got to show it. I think I think uh, Green gets cut before uh, Lewis gets cut. Personally. I just don't see how they could. I don't see how in the world they could ever cut Gibson, unless he fell apart Saturday. Yeah, I think I Gibson don't. played so well. Like, it, it scared me. I think it. They were leaning towards like, hey, Terrell Lewis has made this team. Let's send Travis Gibson a message, and he responded. And Poles said it himself, he lit up. He was like, you know, the depth charts are just kind of, they're there to just put guys in order of the way we give them reps. It's not really. It's how they play in the games, and Travis. Was awesome in the game, so well, it's because I really want Rasheem Green or Terrell Lewis to make the team. I really want T. Lewis. I love his potential, but if the team likes Rasheem Green as much as I fear they do, he might get cut. Yeah. And I would hate to see yeah. it, but I do think it's a possibility right now with how they're using Rasheem Green. I think Lewis, Lewis is more of a speed rush guy, and uh, Travis is more of a contain guy. So they play actually different positions, kind of like Yannick. He's a, a speed guy, and Walker is the uh, contained guy. You nailed it on the head there with when they signed Yannick. Now you have two. He's a lot like Terrell Lewis, but better. Right. I mean, so right. you have a guy who's really good at getting after the quarterback but can't really stop the run. Right. I, it could end up hurting Terrell Lewis's chances to stay around, but I'm really rooting for him. I love Terrell Lewis. So I'm with I, you, man. Saying it for since last. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I think that means Rasheem Green would have to be the guy to go, and so yeah, nothing wrong, nothing against Rasheem, but I'm kind of rooting against him. Sorry, Rasheem. <laughs> I, I, I could just see. Guys. Okay. Wait till some of these free agents come available, man. I mean, the cuts. Yeah, and that could make it gonna even be worse. Work. Yeah. Speaking of Bush, how, how many how many wide receivers do you think gets cut? He's he's on the bubble. Yeah, that's tough because they they made the late decision to go out and re-sign him, right? EQ was signed yeah. early, Pettis was signed late. But yeah. I feel like they're both bubble guys. You know, it all depends on what they value. Um Blocking. Tyler Scott's probably a lock being uh being a draft pick. Valus Jones as frustrated as everybody's been with them, you know, Ryan Poles has gone out of his way to point out that he's a gadget guy for them, that he's a Debo Samuel kind of player. So you feel like he likes him enough to keep him. 
you know, the bottom five guys, I think it's pretty easy to say that they're either practice squad or gone. Darius Fountain has been on the practice squad before. Isaiah Ford's been on the practice squad before. Simba Webster's been in and out for the last two years. So, yeah, it's probably between Pettis and St. Brown. And that all, again, it depends on what they value. Pettis is more of the speedster, uh, but with Scott and Jones there, that makes him a lot more expendable. EQ is is more of a possession type receiver, so maybe they keep him as insurance for Chase Claypool. I think I EQ mean, EQ was playing with the ones on the seven on seven today. He was the only non-starter on that, you know, besides uh, uh, the center. Besides my guy Green on offense, like none of us fans really like him, but he continues getting reps with the first and second team and. The coaches like him. He's a good blocker, and he must work and practice hard, I think. They like having those guys who set the tone in practice. Uh, with wide receiver, like just like uh, Raging said, the first first four or five there are set in stone. Like We know the first three are. There's no doubt. But then Tyler Scott and Bayless Jones are going to make the roster based simply on their speed and draft status. Like They're going to make the roster this year. He's not going to cut bait that soon. So then it comes down to one more spot. And it's most likely Equinemius St. Brown. I think right now they're trying to find a punt returner. And if they're not comfortable with Valus, I'm not comfortable with Tyler Scott either. He's been muffing just as many punts. So that may exactly. lead you to take Pettis over ESB. I think that would be like the battle there. If you're like, well, Pettis and ESB, they're both ESB's the better blocker, and sure he's a harder practice guy, but Pettis can return punts, so. I think we have to keep in mind the new practice squad rules, too. Sorry, go ahead, PJ. I think I, I think the uh, fact that, you know, ESB actually bring gives you something that no one else gives you in the blocking. So, and then couple that with the fact that uh, Clay, Clay, Claypool has been out as a big receiver. That's why you see in EQ and the uh, – starting reps because of that i just think only thing pettis is doing is replicating what travis got valus jones and darnell moody he is a fast receiver so they're in like an issue yeah i agree i think that's why esb is the most likely favorite it just comes down to if you're ryan poles if valus muffs another punt or two what are you going to do week one because you need a punt returner Someone has to – you're not going to send DJ – DJ Moore could definitely do it. I mean, that's the easy answer if you're playing Madden or something. But no way am I sticking DJ Moore out there on a punt return ever. Unless it's – running backs? None of them have caught punt returns before. So, I mean, you'd be doing the same thing. You're teaching a guy to catch punts, and it's that – it's so hard in the NFL to catch punts. It's a unique skill. It's not catching a kickoff. Any of those guys can catch kickoffs, like – Khalil Herbert, Roshan, any of those guys can return kicks, but punts are so different. What Eddie about Jackson uh, was a very dynamic returner in college? Yeah, he, yeah, but again, I'm not putting him back there. I mean, he's already got injury problems. But Eddie Jackson, there. If if you just want a guy who can go out there and fair catch it, and you're not really looking for big returns, and you're just like, fuck it, we're just gonna fair catch it every time so we don't fumble the ball. It'd be a horrible decision probably, but you could put Eddie Jackson or DJ Moore out there. Or even, uh, what about Stevenson? Did he do some punt returns? I think he did a couple in college, but that's been a long. That was that was in, um, where was he at before Miami? Um, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. 
Um, Zim, can you elaborate elaborate more on the uh, you were talking about? You started talking about the uh, new uh, roughing rules in practice. Practice squad, or yeah, the practice squad rules or something. Our practice squads, right? So this is the same as last year, but it's still fairly new, all things considered. So a lot of people don't know. It's no longer ten players on your practice squad, which is what it was forever and ever and ever, right? And they had to have like. Game, games played restrictions or seasons accrued restrictions. That's not the case anymore, right? So you get 16 players on your practice squad now, and six of those guys have no limitations on experience whatsoever. That's where a guy like Dante Pettis and Symbol Webster end up, right? That's, uh, that's how you end up keeping some of these receivers that you like, that you want to keep around, like just in case somebody goes down or something like that, you know, a Claypool or a Velas Jones. You know, that's where Dante Pettis really steps up. That's where he stepped up last year is when Pettis wasn't – or when Pettis – when Velas Jones wasn't getting the job done, Pettis was right there to pick it up. Well, you can do that in the same capacity this year without having to pass anybody through waivers or anything. Um, because Pettis was a late season addition, you can cut him without sending him through waivers at all and put him straight on the practice squad. So, um, wow. Yeah. The way this all works, it's it's good to know. It's really interesting the way this all shakes out. Um, Pettis may have still been early enough that you do have to clear him through waivers. I'm not entirely sure where the cutoff on all that is, how it all works. Um, but at any rate, if somebody else wanted Dante Pettis, they could have gone out there and signed him at any moment. Nobody's going to pick up a veteran wide receiver off of waivers if he even has to clear them, which I don't think he does. Um, but at any rate, yeah, you can put these guys on the practice squad without any uh, limitation on experience, at least six of them. Uh, and that's where they're going to stash some of these guys um, that they like, but maybe, you know, don't like enough for the 53. There's some questions coming from chat here, too, that I would like to get to that kind of. There was one of them. Um, let me see. Yes, um, let's go to the Bushhog yeah. bush one. I'll pull it up. There you go. Oops, sorry. I saw it. Uh, yeah, I think Travis Bell makes the roster. I, I saw Alex Shapiro, and I've seen a lot of people say they think he's going to be a practice squad guy. I think, I think he has a chance. I think they can keep five defensive tackles, possibly. Mm-hmm. That would be ten defensive linemen. It would probably too much you don't see it happen very often but he was saying a brown over uh t-bell that's the thing they're, they're not keeping anthony brown okay. or, or andrew brown they're not going to just keep i don't think they keep 5d tackles unless travis bell makes the roster i think okay. polls really likes him i think he showed that potential in the preseason game if he keeps it up and he keeps flashing potential i don't know if polls are going to want to risk him on the on the practice squad, but it's tough. It's a numbers game. That's why I've been saying defensive line was such a weakness and Ryan Poles has turned it into right now. There's going to be a tough cut at both positions, D tackle and defensive end. So it's, it's kind of scary. There's going to be a couple guys that we like that aren't going to be bears in a couple of weeks. I, I know it sucks. That's I'm worried about Travis Bell. That's kind of why Travis was... Bell and Terrell Lewis are the two guys I'm, I'm most scared of right now. Cause I really yeah. like both of them. Like the offensive lineman, I like Dieter a little bit, but if he gets cut, I'm not going to be super sad about it. I'll be like, wish him luck. But T. Lewis and – go ahead. Who's going to be Zach Thomas this year off the practice squad? I don't mean a draft player, but I just saw, I just saw him playing. Looked pretty good too. 
he was playing with the I mean, ones that, that, that could that be preseason. that could be Travis Bell. I mean, if he gets cut, if if Travis right. Bell gets cut, it's very possible someone picks him up. I, I think he uh, has yeah, that absolutely. kind of potential. He's not a guy. He didn't go to a big school, but he's one. He's one of those guys when you see him on the field, he looks the part. Like he hustles. Yes, he, he has does. good movement. He looks aware, and he looks like one of those guys who's just gonna come out and give his all every single play. And right. you, those guys make it in the NFL. Those yeah. guys, like Ian Scott, like an Ian Scott guy who yeah. never had the physical abilities, you know, but he was a third or fourth defensive tackle who had success for ten years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's who it was, uh, Zim, uh, Ian Scott, ninety-five that you was talking about. Oh, yes. did I bring up something you guys were talking about <laughs> earlier? Oh, hey. Yeah. Ian Scott. Yes, that's who it was. Big okay. defensive tackle on that lovey defense. Yes. Yeah, Ian Scott, yeah. man. Guy, him and Anthony Adams were those guys. I think Anthony Adams was one, too. Kind of reminds me of Tra- or Travis Bell, too, with the, the size they both are. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think Travis Bell has a step up on some of these guys, just the fact that he was a draft pick. The problem is he was the third defensive tackle drafted in the Mm -hmm. same draft for this team so they're not going to keep 10 defensive linemen like i think nine is is a cap and that's even a lot for some teams yep um so the other thing that we have to keep in mind though is like how many of these guys do pass through waivers every year like they're going to end up probably on a practice squad if they don't like somebody else has to keep them on their active roster they don't just get to bring them into the practice squad. I mean, they, they can theoretically, but the guys are likely to stick with the team that they've been with for this entire off season as a chance to develop as a chance to eventually earn that 53 man spot. Um, Cliff Victoria reminds us in the chat about the IR, you know, mm-hmm. somebody, somebody goes down better, yeah. with an injury, you know, yeah. somebody, somebody really, they just want to red shirt him for a year. And they say, Oh no, he hurt his toe, you know, but you, don't you have to originally have him on your team, then put him on IR? Yes, but that? he's he's on the roster now. That like over the next two weeks, if he gets hurt in preseason, um, then he could go to the IR. Similar to what happened with Doug Kramer last year. Right. So there's to ways to sneak him on the roster, but like overall, you know, we we always and and I'm just as guilty of it as everybody else. We always get so nervous about this cut down day and the waivers and everything, and then all the guys that we wanted there are actually just on the practice squad, except for like Jordan Lynch, but that was a whole different thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Who was the other? We lost one recently. Oh, Thomas Graham. Somebody took Thomas Graham Jr. Yeah, yeah, he went to the Browns. Browns. yeah, he did. He didn't do much, I don't think, but I like Thomas Graham. He was a guy he's fighting for a job. Uh, I think still in Cleveland. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll yeah, take <laughs> It's tough now. Now our cornerback room is Yeah. Yeah, I think the IR is a good point, though. I mean, I know teams fudge it, but if a guy doesn't have any kind of injury, they can get – you can get severely fined for that and lose draft picks if you completely lie. But if – if he had some kind of injury that they could do it, I mean, hey, I'd love it. I'd, I'd love whatever could keep Travis Bell on the roster. He's a guy I really like right now. I would love Travis Bell to make this roster. I mean, if I was playing Madden, I'm I'm probably cutting Justin Jones. I'm sorry, Justin Jones. Yeah, that's I, what I would do. I, I like him a lot. But... That was my solution to it. Justin Jones <laughs> is a lot better than 
Travis Bell right now. I'll say that. I mean, I'm yeah, not, that's for sure. I can't kid myself. He's he's a he's a decent player, and I think he's underrated a bit. And I actually think he can have a good year. But I think last year was the first year in this. He's system. in the last year of his deal, and he most mm-hmm. likely isn't going to be here long, long term. Mm-hmm. So that's where you're thinking, hey, maybe Travis Bell could be good in a couple of years. I Would you break you your finger to go on IR instead of being cut? I'd probably do it. I'd break my pinky. You, 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 do you probably get away with uh, having 10 defensive linemen. Um, I, I think Lovey used to carry 10. I know I said it, but, yeah, I don't – Raging said it. I mean, it, it, it would be an extreme shock to me if we kept 10 defensive linemen. Yeah. Then we might just keep Bell around, too, just so Poles doesn't lose out on him like he lost Zachary Thomas last year. I, I've heard Eberflus and Poles were talking about a little bit where – they have some position versatility if they can find a linebacker or someone who can play all phases of special teams. And if if Josh Blackwell and Dylan Cole can do that and you can cut Travis Homer and Ebner and only keep three halfbacks, maybe in a crazy world he would keep an extra defensive lineman. But that's that's really going crazy and something you don't see often in the NFL. And usually if things happen like that, it only lasts for a few weeks, and then another move is made, like someone goes to IR or someone gets cut. Bushhog saying, did anyone see we signed a new linebacker? Who is that? Is that the McCall guy, or is that somebody nope, new? another one. I made a video on him. Let me think of his name. Well, that was the Eagles' third-round pick, right? Fourth yeah. round. Uh, what was his name? Um, I'm losing. Oh, D- Davion Taylor. 8.54 RAS score. Um, very raw coming out of Colorado, but really fast. He didn't play football in high school because his mom was really religious and wouldn't let him, but he still got a scholarship to Colorado, started for two seasons, put up some pretty good numbers, impressed enough to get drafted in the third round by Ian Cunningham in his last year with the Eagles. So there's a little familiarity there, and it's another third-round pick linebacker we brought in. They're, They're clearly trying to beef up the backup linebacker spot. They waived Buddy Johnson, the other guy they just brought in recently, with an injury. So he got hurt, obviously. Nice. I think you're going to see a lot of that, though, just because oh, yeah. of the position there. And you know, Poles, Poles is always going to be looking up to upgrade every guy. And once once the every team goes from 90-plus down to 53 in a day, there's going to be a lot yeah. of shit. That could that really team. help us, honestly. I think the giant cut down this year – Polls is like, look, there's going to be 300-some players. No one's coming after my seventh-round rookie from Kennesaw State. And <laughs> so maybe he can sneak him on, on the practice squad. It's just a guy that I remember Zach Thomas and other guys getting getting taken. And it's yep. like, I don't want to lose Travis Bell, but Ryan Poles knows what he's doing, and they're going to find a good 53. And he likes Travis Bell. So if he does get cut, I think he's going to be one of the first guys that would get Offer to practice squad spot as long yeah. as no one else snatches them. Didn't polls uh, state that uh, he got a lot of phone calls after that Travis Bell pick saying that was a great pick? Didn't polls uh, admit that into one of his interviews? I think he said something along I those lines. About that, yeah. um, but I remember him also talking about just how much he liked the player. Right. And like he personally like bonded with him and said he. He loved the way he worked and his work ethic, but he still drafted three defensive tackles, like Ragin said. So it's, and we brought in Billings. 
it, it's just going to be tough. The numbers crunch is going to be tough. This roster has way more depth than I remember any time in the last 10 years easily. You know, I want to see uh, get cut just so we can pick him up. Justin Ross out of uh, Kansas City. Oh, he's he's done, bro. He's he's done, done. Yeah, he just got hurt again. Ooh. I thought I thought they were um, uh, still optimistic about that. Yeah, I'm. The problem is, I mean, it was same thing I read about him last year. It was most doctors wouldn't even clear him to play. So like, I'm yeah, but scared it wasn't a, for the guy, dude. Like, it wasn't broke, a spinal issue though. He broke his neck. Like, I mean, he's a guy who's just. I don't know. I I'm scared. I I think he's very talented, but I'm worried for that guy. Like, I saw that, I saw the hit he took, and it was scary. Recently or back in college? Back in college. Oh, because that's a, a disc degenerative problem. It's not. He didn't break his neck. You didn't see? Wait, no, no, no. He took a hit in college. He did, and but broke his that's, neck. That's stemming from a uh, another condition he already had. Well, which, that makes it even worse. <laughs> which is why no no team drafted him. I mean, because they no, were no, worried I, I, about that, his medical. That, that part I understand. He did get – I mean, I'm assuming um, the Clemson didn't, wouldn't clear him if he had some sort of, you know, huge problem. So he definitely went through the, uh, you know, the, the reports I read there. last year from multiple people were saying that most team doctors wouldn't touch him. He had his spine like fused back together. I don't. I don't know the entire details. I don't. I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about that. But everything I read was people were terrified of putting him on a football field, and not just of him getting hurt, but something that could actually put his life in danger. So when teams say stuff like that, it's something where he's saying, "Look, I want to play, and it's his choice, I guess." But most doctors aren't comfortable with it. Obviously, he's found some out there that will clear him. With it, but most team doctors said they wouldn't touch it. So it's it's just scary. I, I probably wouldn't want him. I mean, it's, it's a what if, you know, that, that question. This, this could happen, but it may not as well. Yeah. I would still, I would still clear that, too. It's just scary, yeah. man. So what position do you guys think that the Bears will be looking at on cut day to acquire on our team? Interior offensive line. I was just gonna say, yeah. <laughs> Even a left tackle, right? Like a backup left tackle, maybe. Uh, they might. They might cut. They might end up cutting uh, Borum in favor of someone better. Borum's looked pretty good to me. I could see swing tackle being uh, addressed though if somebody falls. Someone gets cut. Borum was playing left. Yeah, he's played left and right. He's been rotating. Oh, okay. In the game, I, I was. It seemed like he played left mostly. Yeah, he How was. He, uh, he was at right yesterday. They were switching, but Aviante Collins looked awful at left. So it made me think that he's just forms ahead of Collins right now for sure. Collins isn't making the team. Yeah. So how did uh, Borum look on uh, on the right side in camp? I thought he looked good. I thought Borum's looked a lot better than he did last year. Good, good. And good. I was worried. I was. I wasn't very high on Borm coming into the year after what I saw from him last year at right tackle. But he's he's looked a lot better. I mean, I think he's, I think he's gotten used to playing at this slim down weight a little bit, and his technique looked better. He still was getting beat by speed rushes, but yeah, uh, Bushhog said it right there. PFF graded him out. I think it was like a ninety-two or something. Like he had, good. he had a good, good. game. Good. 
really good to hear. Hopefully he picks it up again this week. Maybe he'll get a start. They might hold the whole starting offensive line out. I, I want to see Darnell Wright play, though. That's one guy needs to play. How how he how has he looked in camp? Darnell? Darnell's yeah. looked awesome. I mean, he's lost reps. I mean, okay. he's a rookie. I mean, Terrell Lewis has beat him. Rasheem Green's beat him. Uh, Demarcus Walker's beat him. Everybody's beat him, but he's looked really good. Uh, the thing I saw yesterday with Foster a lot was when he's out on a screen, defensive backs and linebackers don't want any part of him on the second level. Like, they would come up to him and just stop. Like, they wouldn't want to get blocked. They'd just be like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. Like, they'd kind of cower a little bit. And it's like, oh, God, they don't want to get hit by Darnell. And I hadn't seen that too often. I seen a couple corners do it yesterday. And I was like, oh, okay. They just kind of gave up when Darnell got to him. And he would just kind of grab him and just <laughs> kind of walk him to the sideline. Like, all right, let's go over here. And it's like, all right. He's real out. He gets out there really fast. And I don't. I think that's going to surprise people how quick he gets to the outside in the next level. What about and and Tevin? Tevin looks amazing, man. Okay, cool. Yeah, we love Tevin. Yeah, See, oh, good. I, I'm. I got to be really close to him yesterday, and he looks huge. He looked bigger <laughs> than Carter and Darnell Wright, and he looked bigger than all of them. And I was like, I thought Wright would. I thought Darnell would look a lot bigger than Tevin standing next to each other, but. Nah, Tevin kind of dwarfed him a little bit. I was like, damn, Tevin is just huge. Aren't they about the same measurables? Yeah, oh, but Tevin, Tevin is st standing next to him. No, nah, man, Tevin is huge. Wow. When, I, when we were at the Dolphins game last year, we were like third row, and I just remember Cole Komet was huge. Just seeing him in person on the field, he was just much bigger than he appears. Cool. cool. It's cool when you get to see the players on the sideline and like, gauge them to yourself you're like holy shit i remember like back in training camp like 2000s john tate shook my hand and his hand was like bigger than my arm and i was just like oh my god <laughs> even like the so, punters are just huge individuals it's insane yeah. Yeah. gill can dunk bro as <laughs> we're out there mercedes lewis walked up Oh yeah, he Mercedes could play is tackle. huge too. Yeah, he could play tackle on either side of the line. So, yeah, he's our swing tackle. Yeah, he he, he, he could actually I mean, probably play swing tackle. Honestly, he probably could. That dude is is just ripped and huge. I think I only seen him make one catch, but yeah, he's a physical presence. Like he was walking next to Cole Komet, and you just said how big Cole Komet looks. No, right. he looked like. Cole Komet yeah. looked like he was hanging out with his older brother. He was like, hey, big bro. <laughs> yep. Absolutely, dude. He I freaked when I saw him. years I, old. By, by, when I saw him, dude, because I was probably, we were what, 15, 20 feet behind Mercedes? Oh, we are probably like I mean, 5 I to 10 feet you know? right there. Okay. So, On whatever. Line, when I yeah. saw him, dude, I just, my jaw dropped because I'm like, all the years of watching the guy, and then to actually see him in person, he don't appear as big as he is on, in person as he did on all those years on TV, man. Not to me, anyways. I knew yeah. he was a big guy, but he he is an offensive lineman who happens to catch the ball and can block, <laughs> too. Yeah. He's my Darnell Washington. I got my Darnell Washington. Darnell on the team, Washington, man. no. Oh, my God. No Darnell Washington. No more Chase Young. We'll still that was last year. 
<laughs> the Steelers Montez drafted him, so I know I was right. <laughs> you you so did I, uh, Almost three and a half hours of this show. We should probably wrap this up here soon. You can't go nowhere. I still got another hour before I'm home. I'm kidding. <laughs> Boss is like, I need the company in my car. Wait, you're still driving? No, I'm ready. I'm ready to put the phone down. My elbow's killing me. I'll turn the light out and turn the tunes up. Yeah, listen to some fucking. What are you listening yeah, to? Don't, don't fall asleep, Foster. I've got I've got a, a best of the Who CD. I'm gonna play. I haven't listened to shit in like 15, 20 years. Actually, I did. Yes. I heard a couple songs the other day when I met Matt Swifty the first time. Foster so. listening to CDs in his old car with a CD player in it. Yup. That's like the Dude, horse and buggy. I looked, I looked down. I was doing like 95, man. I didn't even realize it. This thing's 25 years old. I can't imagine oh, how it's fast your feet are moving right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, this one's got the dirt and the turret, dude. That's why the hood's been up. <laughs> you didn't go to camp it's today? It's a little quicker though. than a Flintstone mobile. What, Peach? Swifty, he didn't go to camp today? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. I, them off. I tell them, get the fuck out of here. Go home and make some videos, dude, and call me when they're done. And then I watch both of them. There you go. <laughs> did, you, did, did you get more videos today, Foster, that you're going to send? That's absolutely, dude. Excellent. Absolutely. And I, and I almost even figured out what the hell I'm doing. Uh-oh. Whoa. That's a joke, man. We know oh, that will never happen. Oh, fuck I scared. What I scare you, Dan? Oh, hey, oh! I was getting excited for a second. I thought you were, you were, you were, you were, you were pulling through. You were getting to the next level. You were Man, leveling get up. Your hopes up there, bro. There's, there's no levels left, dude. I'm at the end of the levels. If I just can stay level out instead of going down, then I'm good. <laughs> That's for those who have not witnessed the true insanity. <laughs> but I digress, man. Jay Gris says, Jay Gris says Foster looks like a Steely Dan type of a guy. I can confirm that he has an eight Dan, track dude. in his car. He definitely has an eight track player in there and one of those old school uh ashtrays that like pop down. Yeah. <laughs> and he's probably got, got jammed into that fucking thing. He's gonna start a car and fire any any second. <laughs> But it's cool because he's this got the, the so cassette adapter for the A track. Yes, he's got this cassette well, adapter for the A track with the aux cord plugged into. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got I got one of the real old ones in the seventies. They used to put these mini record players in cars, dude. Holy shit! I shit you oh, not. The old forty five in the car. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Look it up. How long Serious. did that last? Uh, Not long. That's why nobody else has heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> Until the first time somebody scratched a record. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do got I do got a car that has a cassette deck, and I still have about 500 cassettes. That's about a thousand albums. Because I, you know, back in the day, you, if when they first came out with CDs, we'd grab two CDs and throw them on a 90 minute cassette, and you got two albums. Because so everybody still had cassettes. So if you had a Back mini by having a, by having a mini record player on like in your in your car, is that like admitting that you were a pimp? Yes. <laughs> I never said I had one though. 
<laughs> I, know, I never had one. I've seen was them. That, he just was that in a movie where where a pimp had like a little mini record player on, a, on a, like built into the dash of his car? You know something. I don't know if it was a movie or a skit or something, but I I yeah. think I've seen it too. I remember something with that. <laughs> well, Crazy. awesome, man. We should probably wrap this show up then. Yeah, you guys are wild, man. You guys are wild. Foster, we love you. Short, hey, raging Jeez. man. It was so nice to meet you, bro. Good dude. He knows his football. I can already tell. Fun stuff. Yeah. Dude, stuff. there we yeah. go. That's what I want. People, good people meeting good people. You sons of guns. And not meeting in bathrooms at restaurants either. Dude, he asked me a question. I was literally taking a piss, and the guy's pissing next to me. He goes. What did you think of the bear? So you asked me that. That's his own fault. Hey, what you think of the bears, man? Can't stop the bay. What Foster doing? Yeah. Hold on a second. For reference, was he right next to you? The the stall next to you like this? Did he take the only thing in between us was the divider, dude? (laughs) Oh, so there was a divider. Okay, good. Yeah. Crap! I just got on the skyway. Oh, fuck. That's going to cost you $27. Yep. Yeah, well, I don't have my iPad. That's the worst part. <laughs> well, you have... With, they know you have an iPad, so won't they just mail you that? They'll just put it on your iPad. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about that, dude. I just um, take the I wanted to ask you guys, uh, Zim, I was talking to you when uh, in Slack when I was on the bar room about um, um, a Madden gaming thing where we had, like... And you were talking to me about that. What system do you have? Uh, I mostly play on PC these days because uh, modern consoles and PCs are expensive, and I can use one of them for work, but I cannot use the other ones for work. So, uh, If only you could work from a PS5, man. That'd be cool. Right? Yeah. I bet there's a way to wire it up. Yeah. But yeah, I mostly <laughs> play you PC you these days. PS5, then. I've got PS4, Xbox One, but... It's a pain to hook them all up to the computer. Yep. Gotcha. I have my, I have my PS5 hooked up through the Elgato. I know it is a pain. Yeah. Damn it! I have to get a PS5. I got, I got my Switch. I got my GameCube, and I got my 360 all hooked up through the Elgato. So you guys want to throw back with like some NCAA 14? We can do that. But I'd love me some NCAA 14. The good news is Madden's cross plat now, so we can actually play. Oh man, he's got it right there. That looks like it's brand new too, bro. Like, take good care of your cases. I like that. No. Sometimes when 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 my kids aren't getting a hold of them. Okay, yeah. If if anybody in chat has a PS4, which all I I only have a measly PS4 still, would like to play Madden. I would like Dan's to do like, that. Then, does anyone have a PS2 and want to play Madden? With anybody, anybody, anybody have a Nintendo? <laughs> anyone here have a Game Boy Color? I'm looking to uh, play a friendly game of Madden with somebody. Or ping Atari. Wait, I have an Atari. I have that. But the whole, you know, the- you know what they need to do for Ataris? It's so simple. If you take, if you look at the circuit board, it's so simple. If you could just buy like a, a an Atari rebuild kit for all the components and resistors and all the capacitors and everything that goes on that little single-sided circuit board, I make circuit boards for a living. It's easy enough. If you could just buy the package, like online, to rebuild your own um, Atari, because we have one, but it doesn't, it doesn't play video. 
The real question is, does PJ have the Atari hooked up in his living room still? Yep, I knew it. I knew it. They have family night once a month. They're out there playing it right now, guys. He's He's like, fuck, kids. He's like this. This is what I played back in my day. Come get some of this Pong. It's got the joystick going down here. (laughs) The real question is, PJ, do you have the joysticks or the, uh, the spinning controller? Uh, Joysticks. No. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> went way back, man. I got the Intellivision back in storage, but Atari sixty four hundred. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, uh, Brian Gilmore. Atari sixty four hundred. <laughs> he's gonna. He's All right, gonna I'm gonna have to get people. a place. I'm gonna have to get a PlayStation Five. Damn it! Yeah, you can get a, if you want to go to the next gen, the easiest way you can get it like a Series S for like 200 or 250. Yeah, I think the PS5s yeah. are on sale. The biggest difference is it's a little lower res, it's only 1080 instead of 4K, and Damn processing blind. power is wow. a little lower, so it doesn't load quite as quick. But aside well, the from the real that, difference, the is the storage capacity because there's That's, none on there. Yeah, <laughs> just buy WD Black, you're good. Yeah, yeah, I got five of those in my PC. <laughs> I need another one, that's for sure. <laughs> Got SSDs everywhere. Yep. They just pile up. My case isn't big enough for many more though. I'm gonna actually start transferring into larger. I just got a new one. It, it's actually I'm not on it right now. It's over there in the floor. It's you you'd be the only one who might know if you've heard of the N V seven case from Fantex. It's like mm-hmm. giant glass panel. I oh, think beautiful. so. It's beautiful, a Fantex dude. case. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. He's typing Yeah, right I know He's the one you're up. talking about. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. It's, uh, it's got that seamless front edge on it, mm-hmm. uh, like the uh, like the height cases. Oh, uh, so it's so good. nice. It's so beautiful. I love it. We went off topic. I'm sorry, but you <laughs> I know, can talk about computers. <laughs> we love you guys and dan's typing tech mobile in chat uh he's definitely he's definitely out of touch here with tech mobile i, I played it back in the day it's been a while though one of my i loved i loved it when punch pout <laughs> i love when um when um nintendo came out at when it was the, 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 all the rage from you know atari on the nintendo and then mike tyson's punch out came out that was like one of my favorite games man I love did that you, game. Did you hear Mike Tyson say recently that he never beat himself in Punch Out? He could never get there. Wow! Really? <laughs> yeah, wow. he said he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He tried for like ten years. Really? <laughs> I don't think he played it much, but I was gonna say I, Mike Tyson doesn't strike me as much of a game. Yeah, it, it doesn't <laughs> sound like it was. Not like he was sitting there gaming eight hours a day. But right. he's like, he, no, he, he might have yeah, had some other like, priorities. You yeah. can literally watch someone on YouTube beat it, like beat Mike Tyson within ten minutes. Yeah, he would turn it on and <laughs> the whole get game punched out by the first guy and probably smash his controller and then have to wait two weeks for another one and <laughs> come in, bite off their ear. Yep. Bit off a UPS man's ear because right. they didn't bring him his controller fast enough. It just it didn't work out when he tried to play. I miss those days when Nintendo first came out. This double show's dribble. over, guys. We got to get out of here. I this is way too far. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we All right, about guys. Show, bro. Foster looks like he's. Are you there, Foster? All right, yep. hang out with us. We can end the show. Okay. I was worried about him over there. 
Guys, we love you guys from chat, everybody. Cliff Victoria, Doug Van Dorn, Dr. Earl, Retro, Brian, Jay Grizz. We can go on and on. This list goes up for three hours. Uh, my goodness. Um, nice. Love you guys. I wasn't reading chat, though. If anybody said anything to me in there, like, I haven't been looking at it. I'm just going to be real. I read chat. Factor. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. We're trying to get to that. Andy G, my, that's my buddy from Colorado. Great to see you. There's so many. We have to go so far up here. We've been talking for so long. Guys, we really appreciate all of you for Absolutely. checking this out, man. Um, please make sure you spread the word. Subscribe if you haven't yet. We had a Robbie show up. Yeah, Robbie come up. Robbie came up? Yeah. Oh, Toreen. Toreen Whitfield popped in. Great oh, to see Torian's you again. Man. Dude, I think I just saw yesterday, if Torian's still here, someone tell him. If you guys see him again. I was on some channel, some bear channel the other day. It's a small channel. Um, they don't get a lot of views. Some guys, I don't remember the name of it, or I'd shout them out, but uh, they were giving away tickets to next or next week's Bills game. And I saw they commented a few hours back that Torian won the tickets. So I didn't see wow, him cool. say anything about it yet or comment back. So, Torian, if you watch this, you won tickets, bro. <laughs> Whatever channel you tried Torian. to win tickets on, you won them. Mr. Mayhem. You just better hope that Justin Field plays there, Torian. <laughs> He's so salty. So mad. I'm really gonna, PJ, I'm going to be joking with you about this the rest of your life, bro. I'm, like, I'm pissed, man. <laughs> you just don't know. I'm pissed. He was all hyped about practice. He's like, yeah, that's so good. And then man. the loose comes up right after practice and is like, Justin Fields will not be playing Saturday. And PJ's like, God. Man. They, they must have known you were coming, PJ. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, yeah, bringing his whole family too. Dang. Oh man, no kid. Jeez. Oh, find your find Move your off, zen. PJ. Find your Move zen, off. PJ. Go meditate and um um. Take some gummies to the game now. All right, I'm done. Oh, sure. Oh, oh, Cliff, Cliff. Oh, man. Tri Cliff's trying to get me in trouble. Shorty, any pics of that Bear, Bears podcaster I sent you? It's a female, and oh. she's apparently like a 20. So I, I, like I don't, 20. I'm, like, I'm married, dude. I don't need anything involved. Isn't Cliff that. married, too? <laughs> Cliff? Well, that'll be a show for you guys. I'll. Cliff. Let you guys run that one. I'll hang out and just hang out and chat. <laughs> I'm not coming on that show. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we love you guys, man. Thank you so much for watching us tonight in chat. Love you. Appreciate you. We want to thank Alex Shapiro for joining us. We want to thank Vinny Parisi and Doug, or I'm sorry, Joe Mandel. And Vinny Parisi, Joe Mandel, and Jim Zimmerman, the Raging Bears, man. Yes. Yeah, appreciate you coming on, uh, Zim. Uh, Swifty, as always, man. Appreciate you guys yep. being here. Yep. For anybody keep your head who, up, PJ. Keep your head up, man. For anybody who hopped this in late on the show here, friend, make sure you go back and watch the opener of this show. If you hopped in late, you got to go back, back and make sure you watch the opener because it was pretty fucking funny. 
I, I went so, back and watched. I missed it too somehow, and I, I went back. And watched. I, I did too. I didn't see it, man. <laughs> love you guys appreciate you guys make sure you like subscribe set your notifications and tell your friends that you're down with bcp and let's end this on a one two three bears, bears. 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 Ah.